The first PlayStation State of Play in 2024 has come and gone, and the verdict from most seems to be very positive. Clocking in at just under 43 minutes, it was a steady flow of games, gameplay, announcements, and release dates or release windows. And with only a few of the trailers serving as just announcements with no release window, I thought the event was a huge success. But some fans, or anti-fans, were very quick to point out that the lack of first-party studio presence made the showcase bad. Suddenly, exclusives don't matter, who owns the studio is what matters more. Lots of games in the state of play apparently don't count, or they don't exist. So I guess if you ignore Helldivers 2, Stellar Blade, Foam Stars, Rise of the Ronin, Silent Hill 2 Remake, the Silent Hill Shadow Drop game, the Until Dawn Remake, Death Stranding 2, and the new Kojima game announcement, then yeah, when you arbitrarily make up your own goalposts and remove half of the games, more than half of the games, because they're just console exclusives rather than first-party studios, then I guess maybe then it wasn't a good state of play, but for the rest of us who are fans of games, it was a great state of play, and I want to break it down. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video. That way, you don't have to go searching for it. It's sort of an opening monologue. And then I discuss it with a live audience. So if you like this kind of content, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button. That way, you don't miss out on my shows. Well, the first PlayStation State of Play of 2024 has come and gone, and I think it was probably one of their strongest State of Plays yet. Hosted by Herman Holst and landing at 43 minutes, it was jam-packed with games and gameplay. So I want to walk through each game and give my thoughts, but I also want to speak to this strange new fixation on what first party means. And to be clear, there were no first-party PlayStation-owned studios at the event, but plenty of exclusives and PlayStation-published games were there. It seems one side is very concerned with who owns the studios rather than if the games are good or if they are exclusives or not. So let's walk through everything that they showed. Helldivers 2 kicked off the showcase, and we've seen quite a bit of this game already, but the new showcase or new footage is continuing to, I think, make the game look very fun. I'm continually struck by the lighting and the graphical fidelity in this game for the genre that it is landing in. But they very quietly, and for the first time ever, confirmed post-launch content or post-launch support. They said at the very bottom of the trailer near the end, it said, coming soon after launch, and they showcased a mech. Now, I would love to know more about their post-launch plans and any semblance of a roadmap. Like, you know, are they going to be supporting this game long-term? When is the new content coming when is there any sort of a roadmap battle pass those sorts of things if this is going to be a live service game that was sort of the first showing that we had that confirmed that there would be post-launch content made available and again it was just a very brief showcasing of like a mech running out now moving on from there we were greeted by herman holst and i think that he's a great face and personality for the playstation brands to replace jim ryan he may not be the shoe-in for the job that jim ryan had but i think he's a good front man for the showcases in the state of plays he's head of playstation studios so he's a great guy to represent the studios and the games and i think he has a good presence in front of the camera he also stressed that the first three years of ps5 has had great titles and experiences from quote playstation studios and our partners see again i think that's the focus here it's not just about the PlayStation owned studios it's about their partners what would be referred to some are referring to these as second party games where PlayStation's paying for the publishing and the marketing but they don't directly own the studio now he also mentioned that the PSVR 2 and the PlayStation Portal are great ways to interact with your PS5 and they are committed to giving more ways in the future 
to do that. We're just now hearing rumors about actually there's apparently, allegedly, a PlayStation handheld in early development. Now, after that, we got a very lengthy look at Stellar Blade. It was roughly six minutes long, and it walked through some of the gameplay mechanics as well as a ton of footage and boss fights. The combat in this game looks insane. And yes, we're all very well aware of how great the main character looks, but in all seriousness, the character models in the trailer look really, really good. The most surprising part of the Stellar Blade trailer was the release date being April 26th. I felt that this game was going to be coming later this year, not earlier. So this is just going to continue the cadence of 2024, making it almost impossible to play everything that's coming out. I I did not think we were going to be getting Stellar Blade this early in the year. So great to see it landing in April. The, The cadence of games in the first half is just almost overwhelming. Then we got a really solid trailer from the Sonic Shadow Generations game, which is coming in autumn of 2024. And this, I think, is just a very, very fun game. It's it's cool to see the Sonic brand continue to get new games, continue to see fans of Sonic get what look like to be enjoyable games. I know the last couple Sonic games received mixed results, mixed feedback and commercial results, but this one hopefully is a hit. Now, after this trailer, there was one of these trailers that is, uh, it's, it's a little confusing because it says, in development for PlayStation 5, okay? I'm not really sure what that term means, okay? Is it a marketing contract? Is it a partnership? Are they ensuring that the game is prioritizing optimization and features for the PS5? Now, that phrase shows up elsewhere in this state of play, so we're going to have to keep an eye on the games that use this phrase to see exactly what it means. Now, the first trailer to use this in development for the PS5 phrase in their trailer was Zenless Zone Zero. Now, this is from the makers of Genshin Impact. I'm told this game is a gotcha game, so Zenless Zone Zero gets zero interest from me. I'm not interested in playing gotcha games. Then, There was a very quick trailer for Foam Stars. That's coming out on PS Plus on February the 6th. I continue to say that this game may surprise folks. It's going to be probably more popular than people expected, especially in the Asian market. Just because you think it looks lame doesn't mean that this doesn't have a potentially very huge audience. I know that there's plenty of people who would never touch Splatoon, and that game is super popular. Then this was followed by a Dave the Diver trailer announcement that it's coming to PS5 this April, and then a huge surprise for fans of Dave the Diver, a Godzilla DLC is headed to the game in May. So, just a great year for games, honestly. I mean, Dave the Diver's been a huge hit, so it coming to another platform is great, but getting a Godzilla DLC should be pretty fun. Right after this, they had a great V Rising trailer. They announced that it's coming to the PlayStation 5 this year. That was kind of a breakout hit. It's sort of like Valheim, but you're a vampire, and it's top-down. It's isometric. So if you're a fan of Valheim or games like that, be sure to check out V Rising. I really think it's great to include games like Dave the Diver and V Rising. Smaller games or smaller studios being included in showcases like this, I think it's really great for things like this in State of Plays. Then, we got a really, really nice surprise. A Silent Hill game that has been shadow dropped. This is a shorter experience called Silent Hill The Short Message. This was both announced and released at the same time. And I'm actually going to be checking it out later today. I've been told I might actually be able to finish it in one streaming session because it's not very long. And it wasn't just a shadow drop. It's totally free. Now, this is a great runway for the new Silent Hill 2 remake trailer, which they also showed during this state of play. 
but I thought this trailer looked great. The tone, the setting, the feel of Silent Hill 2, it's right up my alley. It feels very much like the Resident Evil 2 remake kind of vibe, which I love the Resident Evil 2 remake. It was a really good time. This is another trailer, though, with no release date, and it used the phrase in development for the PlayStation 5. Again, we don't know what that means. They may just be playing marketing buzzwords and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're, this is being developed for all platforms, and so maybe they're just paying for the marketing and they're putting that at the end of the trailer. But again, if they're able to utilize uh, the PS5, the PS5 features, or, or things to make it run better on the P- PlayStation 5, that's going to be really, really nice for owners of the uh, the PS5 console. Now, the next trailer did the exact same thing. From the makers of Bioshock, Judas is shaping up to look very, very fantastic. If the quick glimpses of gameplay are real, this game looks very promising. The tone and the narrative and the setting is also very intriguing. But it also ended with no release window. It just said, in development for the PS5. So again, these are the titles we're going to have to keep an eye on. Silent Hill 2 Remake. We're going to have to keep an eye on the, you know, on the Judas game. Because we know Judas is multi-platform. So... Why are they saying, you know, in development for the PS5? So great, great to see a little bit more of that game from the makers of Bioshock. Then a nice surprise, which confirmed a rumor to be true. The Metro game, uh, the VR game, Metro Awakening showed up. Now, this is not a PSVR 2 exclusive. It will land on Steam VR as well as the MetaQuest 2 and 3. And I don't care because for a VR game, it looks incredible. Graphical comparisons on this game will be interesting. I think more and more titles are going to try to leverage the PSVR 2 and the PS5 because once the PS5 Pro hits the market, if you can push graphical fidelity in a VR game and lighting and things like that, it'll be very, very exciting to see where that goes. Because I love my PSVR 2. I'd love to get more games like this. So Metro Awakening is slated for 2024. Then there was another VR title uh, for the PSVR 2. It was called Legendary Tales. And it's right around the corner. It's releasing on February the 8th. And eagle-eyed viewers spotted that the game actually features co-op. So we might have to definitely check that out on a Friday night. Then there was another Dragon's Dogma 2 trailer. This is really exciting game. Everybody's very excited to play it. Uh, its release date is March 22nd. Apparently, though, this game is targeting 30 FPS on both console and PC. Now, if you look at the Steam minimum recommendation specs, uh, and I'm sorry, the minimum reco- recommended and the actual recommended specs, it does look like it's targeting 30 FPS. Now, I just can't see this going over all that well. I get it. If you look at the encounters, they're huge. The enemies are massive. So I think I understand potentially why they had to you know, limit this to 30. And if they're targeting 30 or if they're capping it at 30, that could affect the game's you know, damage output and the iframes and the way the game behaves. So people are like, well, on PC, we'll just be able to uncap it. I don't know. We don't know enough just now. We'll have to wait until it comes out. Now, if it's targeting 30 FPS on PC, it'll help sort of demolish this horrible notion that, well, yep, these consoles just aren't strong enough. Like, every time a game decides to do 30 FPS, we have to hear from these people who are claiming the consoles aren't strong enough. Plenty of games are hitting 60 FPS, so quit pushing this false narrative just to defend bad design choices. It's so cherry-picked. There are plenty of games leveraging the power of the PlayStation 5 or the Series X and delivering 60 
FPS. So th- th- this this constant goalpost shift of we went from an entire generation promise of up to 120 to now we're settling for 30 and saying the consoles aren't strong enough. Like that just sounds like the language of a sucker to me. In 2024, 30 FPS is a joke. I'm sorry, but it is. Then we got a nice lengthy look at Rise of the Ronin, and I still think this game looks a bit janky and a little bit dated, but games by Team Ninja aren't really known for their next-gen graphical fidelity. They're known for intense, fast-paced combat, and Rise of the Ronin looks to deliver on that front. We also have to remember that this game features co-op, which sounds pretty cool. I I see fans of this game type enjoying this, flocking to it, because within its genre, I do think it looks solid. Its art style is a little bit reminiscent of Sekiro for me. Uh, Those wanting next-gen graphics, or maybe more cinematic and smooth or fluidity within the animations, they might end up skipping this one, because it just doesn't look like a next-gen title and that's okay that's not really what every game sets out to do this game releases on march 22nd and then we got a nice look at the until dawn remake i think it looks great it's coming to pc and ps5 this year and we'll have to do a replay of that on friday nights with my wife we've already done that we love those types of games the the dark pictures games and the until dawn they're just super super fun if you guys have never seen those we have playthroughs of those for members uh, one is the quarry and then we did a couple other ones like until dawn but then the crown jewel of the event eight minutes of Death Stranding, and this trailer is making waves. Not just because it's Kojima, because he certainly draws a lot of interest, but this game looks absolutely incredible. The Decima engine is getting even more attention after this trailer. Folks are combing over every shot and scene, and it truly is a mind-blowing game with respect to graphical fidelity, scope, and even what looks like active world destruction. I would love to see more companies switch to the Decima engine over the Unreal engine after seeing this Death Stranding 2 trailer and researching what they were able to do with the first Death Stranding game and DLSS on weaker systems. We also are finally getting to see Elle Fanning's character at the very, very end. And I think the only bummer was that the game is not coming until 2025. That's my favorite shot right there. I'm actually going to just live back it up here. This one with the moon and the scope and the lighting, I just think is breathtaking. The use of lighting and shading and shadows, it's absolutely phenomenal. So listen, I'm fine with this game not coming out until 2025. That's fine. Given how great it looked, all right, and the gameplay we got to see, just let Kojima Productions cook on this game, all right? But that was not the end of the announcements from Kojima. Standing side by side with Herman Holst, they announced a partnership to launch an action espionage game, which is obviously making everyone think of Metal Gear Solid. And Kojima said he's confident that after 40 years of game production in his career, quote, this title will be the culmination of my work. It's big language from Kojima. He later tweeted the following about the game. Fizzent, it's the working title. When they zoomed out, the camera like left the studio. It's P-H-Y-S-I-N-T. Fizzent, that's the working title. Kojima says it will be the third new original IP since the establishment of Kojima Productions. It is a completely new action espionage game for the next generation. It will be created using cutting-edge technology and the best talents from around the world, both from film and video games. Of course, this is an interactive game, but the look, story, theme, cast, action, fashion, sound, ETC, are all at the next level of digital entertainment that could be called a movie. 
So movie game, you know, claims can, I guess, be lobbied at this. We're not going to say that about the the one he's doing for Xbox, though, right? That's not a movie game. This one will be. But anyway, uh, Timothy Chalamet might be involved. We've seen pictures of him with Timothy, and that could be pretty exciting. Tom Henderson believes that this may be the first PlayStation 6 game announcement. I think he's right. Can you imagine an action espionage Kojima game being a launch title for the PS6? be pretty significant now i want to briefly discuss this sudden fixation on first party studios rather than exclusives just to be clear okay let me give you the math on this in the 43 minute state of play there were 17 games shown or announced so 17 games all right the following are console exclusives for playstation Helldivers 2, Stellar Blade, Foam Stars, Rise of the Ronin, Silent Hill 2 Remake, the Silent Hill Shadow Drop game, the Until Dawn Remake, Death Straining 2, and the new Kojima game announcement. So those are all console exclusives. Partners, second party, whatever you want to call them. That's 9 out of the 17. If you, a little quick math there. That's more than half of the state of play was exclusives. I'm, I'm going to restate that. 9 out of the 17 announced or shown games were exclusives. That's more than half. Nine exclusives is pretty good. The fixation on first-party studios is strange, in my opinion, especially considering that it seems to just come from anti-Sony fans. I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but Phil Spencer defined first-party as the following. First-party is any game where we fund the development of the game and publish, which, listen, I, I would go and research the nine exclusives that were announced and, and give you the financial breakdown and and who paid for the development and, and who paid for the publishing. I, I would do that, but I don't care. N- nobody cares about this. The truth is most gamers don't care about these things. If you own a PlayStation 5 or you're thinking about getting a PlayStation 5, PlayStation just gave you nine more reasons to come to their platform. The financials of studio ownership or dev funding or publishing costs, consumers don't care about this. I tried to stress this last year when I said that the PlayStation Showcase having a weaker first-party studio showing, I think it made it very clear. We are not the target audience. We're so tuned in, we, we know who's owned by who. We know which studio has been purchased by which platform. But the average consumer just watched a 43-minute state of play last night and said, wow, that's a lot of PlayStation games that are coming out this year and in the future. I can't imagine thinking a state of play was weak simply because you used Google to look up who owns the studios. And if I'm honest, the first-party studios under PlayStation that I like... I liked them before I even knew anything about all the inner workings of ownership. I loved Ghost of Tsushima before I knew who Sucker Punch was. I didn't know Sucker Punch was owned by PlayStation. I just thought, hey, this is a great game. I want to play it. I I, I better get a PlayStation 5 and hopefully they'll update it to 60 FPS. And they did. I loved Hellblade, and I loved Ninja Theory. I didn't know who owned Ninja Theory when I watched their documentary and learned about Melina Jurgens being a video editor and not really a voice actor. She was the stand-in, and she was so good, they turned her into Senua. I, I didn't know who owned Ninja Theory when I became a huge fan of their work. Ownership only matters to me if it affects quality or the company, 
right? That's always been my concern, is that when you buy a company, especially Microsoft, they're going to put them under the contract policies and, and, and the cadence policies for Game Pass, and I'm always worried that's going to affect the company's production or the quality of the product. That's the only time ownership really matters from my perspective. I've also seen some reactions to this event being negative or critical because, well, we, we already knew about all these games. So then the developer direct was bad too then, right? Lots of the showcases are bad, I guess. Is a showcase or a state of play only good if everything is new? I've watched plenty of gaming showcases in the past that are a barrage of world-exclusive trailers, and then they amount to nothing more than a cinematic, a title screen, and no release window. I honestly am glad we're getting less and less of that now. More gameplay, closer release dates, I just think that's so much better. Especially when 2024 is so full. As I said a lot last year, I'm convinced a lot of the online dialogue about gaming is driven by folks who don't even like gaming. I can't imagine watching the Xbox Dev Direct or the PlayStation State of Play and looking at all the games that we have coming in 2024 and the games that have already come out and being negative. It's becoming so embarrassingly forced. I said this last night on Twitter, this fixation on first party at the state of play, it just feels like the death rattle of the console war. It's over, okay? You're fighting something that doesn't really matter anymore. The three big companies, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo, they're all carving out their own unique identity. And as far as I can tell, it's a good time to be a gamer, no matter where you game, but especially when you game everywhere. But that's just what I think. What do you think? So let me give you my closing thoughts and conclusions on this. I'm honestly overwhelmed at how many games are coming out this year. It's getting to a point where I watch a showcase and I find myself saying, I forgot about that game, right? Not because the games are forgettable, because there's just too many games to keep track of. The second thing I want to say is the debate about first party versus exclusives is just one last desperate attempt to shift the goalposts. It's clear that PlayStation has a great lineup for the year. I was told just this morning that if Xbox did a showcase like this, that I would rip them a new one. I I love people thinking they know what I would do and what I would say. That's always humorous to me, but I can't imagine watching an Xbox developer direct with nine exclusive games and complaining about that. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of reasons to turn my Xbox Series X on. If you compare this showcase to the Xbox Developer Direct, I think they both were good in their own way. They're both roughly the same length. The state of play was 43 minutes. The Developer Direct was 48 minutes. And while PlayStation showed or announced 17 games, the five games at the Xbox Developer Direct were more of deep dives. It's nice hearing from the devs, and we got to see a lot of Indiana Jones. But I'm going to say, if you're console shopping right now, the scales are very heavily weighted in favor of PlayStation. One of the five games at the Developer Direct was a PC game. Okay, that brings it down to four games. The Visions of Mana game is a multi-plat game, and it's not landing on Game Pass like some people were wrongly claiming on their shows and timelines. So that leaves the Xbox Developer Direct with only three console exclusives during its show. That's three versus the nine console exclusives in the state of play. It's no wonder the anti-Sony crowd is moving the goalposts to first party. My conclusion is this. This is why I'm glad that I don't care about any of this, and I own all of the systems. If a game is announced, 
and it looks dope, I can play it. I thought Indiana Jones looked fun. I can play that. I can play it on my Xbox. Hellblade 2 is my most anticipated game this year, and Death Stranding 2 looks breathtaking. And a partnership with Kojima for an action espionage game that likely could be a launch title for the PlayStation 6? That's huge. We're entering what I have said will be the golden age of gaming. So squabbles about who owns a studio, what's a first party or a second party, or who's publishing, who cares? Are the games good? Do you have the platform needed to play them? If you want to play Stellar Blade, if you want to play Helldivers 2, if you want to play any of the nine games that I listed that are console exclusive, you've either got to get a PlayStation 5 or a gaming PC. I think people are eating good, really, no matter where they play. The general market is going to do the same. They're going to follow quality, and they're going to follow where games can be played, likely fueling the gap between the PS5 and the Xbox consoles. Nine Xbox, I'm sorry, nine console exclusives during a state of play is, I think, going to help widen that gap, which should just continue to evolve the market and the major players, likely benefiting consumers with very clear choices of where they should play and what they should buy. But those are just my thoughts. Now it's time to hear your thoughts. And that's the show open. Thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate it so, so much. And I really enjoyed the showcase last night. And I I was honestly surprised how quickly I started seeing the narrative about first party. I was like, wow. I was like, a really, really good showcase. And this is what we're immediately going to shift to. It was like, okay, <laughs> like here, here we go. <laughs> it's just, it's just remarkable uh, to me. And I appreciate, wow, so many people here, almost 700 viewers, uh, would really be curious what you guys think. Keeley did his, uh, his, little, his little tweet asking people what they thought. He got a ton of votes. Last I checked, 65% gave it either a B or an A. That's pretty good. What Hellblade 2 gameplay were you talking about that featured different weapons? I can't find it. Oh, I can't, I can't remember the trailer. There's one where she has a sword and an axe. She has a sword and an axe. I can't remember which trailer it is. There's also one where she does um, she does moves that she doesn't do in the first game, like a spin move or something. You know? Um, uh, Vithar says, why? Would be great to see what the big ones are doing. Still an awesome state of play. My perspective on this has changed, Vithar, and do you want to know why? I think we benefit from studio from studios not saying anything until they're on the runway. I I think we benefit as consumers. You missed the Sony game in your monologue? What Sony game? What are you talking about? Which game did I miss? Did I pass over a game in the lineup? I literally just like rewatched the thing this morning. Like I scrabbled through it on YouTube. You missed a Sonic game in your monologue? No, I didn't. I showed the trailer and mentioned it. Yeah, it's in the opening monologue. You must you must have missed it. Or the, maybe the stream blipped or something. I don't know if the stream blipped. I, I, I mentioned Sonic and showed the trailer. Hang on. Let me make sure we don't have any uh, any any memberships to thank here. Hang on. Hang on. Um, true SSJ Havoc with a uh, $10. Why are people saying I forgot to say Sonic? I mentioned Sonic and showed the trailer. I know for a fact I did. Um, 
Yeah, I showed it. Also, Death Stranding 2 Moon Scene looks way better than Starfield's best. Uh, the 7 Sloa upgraded to a membership. True SSJ have it gifted a member, and so did Joker Quinn. He mentioned them all. Yeah, people are in chat are saying he mentioned Sonic. Yeah, I mentioned Sonic and ZZZ. Yep, you guys just somehow missed it. I was like, I was like, you're freaking me out. I was like, I'm, I watched the whole thing this morning and just typed them as they came up. Yeah, I, I very quickly mentioned Sonic and ZZZ. They didn't get lengthy mentions. Um, but yeah, I had the trailer and everything pulled up for Sonic. He did mention Sonic, says Lancelot, though I'm listening in Discord. Okay, thank you. Thank. I'm glad YouTube didn't blip. That would have hurt the monologue. I, yeah, I didn't mention Final Fantasy VII Rebirth getting another state of play. That is true. I didn't mention that. I forgot to mention that. They are getting their own state of play on February the 8th, I believe, is the date. You didn't mention the gaslighting game. Huh? I must have missed it. I stepped away for a second. Yeah, it was really quick, Dave. I didn't have much to say other than Sonic looks cool, man. Cool to see a Sonic game. Um, and then I also... Uh, very quickly mentioned the ZZZ game. I, I'm not interested in gotcha games. So, I've been told I hate on gotcha games. No, I have no interest to play games with that type of monetization. Sorry. Like, you go ahead. It's funny. It's very funny how much grief I get for enjoying a live service game. Uh, like Kill the Justice League, which is incredibly player-friendly. But then I get criticized by people because I'm like, I don't want to play Genshin. <laughs> okay. Looking like a snack in that shirt. Yeah, this one, if, if, uh, if you guys haven't known this, we, we have merch now on, uh, on reforgegaming.net, and eventually we'll have all of my monologues there as, uh, as, as blog posts as well, or, or articles. Uh, Eugene says, You should be overwhelmed. The sicky change our expectations. We're finally snapping back. We were always overwhelmed. Yeah, I don't remember that, Eugene, because what I remember from past showcases was always trailers for games that were, like, way, way out. He must have said it subsonic. I'll see myself out. John always with a two-spot. Thank you. <laughs> You're an idiot. Um, I respectfully disagree about looking at the PS5 and the Xbox and deciding on PS5 due to these games. I didn't say that everybody would say that. I said the scales are more weighted they're more weighted for PS5 right now seriously seriously like think about it the Xbox developer direct only three of the five titles were console exclusives one was a PC game and the other was a multi-plat PlayStation just did a state of play it was shorter than the, than the developer direct by five minutes and they showed nine or they announced nine console exclusives I, I don't know how that that's three times as much nine versus three I, I, I again that's just that's tilting the scales if you're choosing between two platforms I'm sorry that's not even being a fanboy that's basic math how, how does that not math True SSJ Havoc with a two spot. Give me my Han shot first. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. True SSJ Havoc was the first gifted member today. Han shot first and so did you. Thank you so much. I am so sorry. I'm usually better about that. I was a little... I, I was messing with the windows and stuff. I am sorry about that. Steve, 
Thank you so much for upgrading to a member. I appreciate you guys upgrading from the gifted tier of five to the the member of six. You're going to want to be on that tier. Tomorrow night, my wife and I are going to play Kill the Justice League. You guys hit the 2750 member goal. I got to wear a Deadpool onesie. I don't have a stretch goal for 3,000 members. We can kind of wait until next week and see where we end up, and we'll set a goal for next week, I think. I don't have a stretch goal for 3,000 members. Sorry. Um... Numbers are true, but if the games don't interest the person, those numbers mean nothing. Yes, but Jake, I was speaking about the general gaming public. The general gaming public, right now, if you're weighing it and you're putting games on the scale, once again, there's a clear divide. Funny enough, just like the console sales, it's three to one. Is three to one. That increases the odds. Think about it. You're saying, well, if the games don't interest the person, then the numbers mean nothing. Do you think if you put nine games in front of somebody, there's a greater likelihood that one of the games interests them? There's a greater likelihood than if you only put three games in front of them, right? Right? You're increasing the odds of appealing to that player. Does Xbox have the marketing for Visions of Mana? So does that mean casual thinking? They'll think it's an Xbox game? I'm not sure who owns the marketing, but it's not coming to Game Pass. And in general, I think games like Visions of Mana will probably perform better with the PlayStation market. We've, we've looked at the sales results of games in that sort of genre before. I, I think it'll fare better. Um... Is Visions of Mana coming to Switch? I forget. I know it's multi-plat, but I can't remember. Is Visions of Mana hitting Switch? Um, uh, 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 it's hitting PS5, PS4, Xbox, and Steam. Yeah, it's going to sell much better for PlayStation. Uh, e- even... Uh... Gamer Advantage CEO is stepping down and they're doing a sale. Augment Bonfire Frames. Use code LONO on top. Yeah, guys, if you've ever gone to Gamer Advantage, they're doing a huge sale. You can use my code on top of any sale that they're doing. Use code LONO. Yeah, the fact that Visions of Mana is landing on the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. Yeah, I, I think that thing will probably... It'll probably sell a lot more on PlayStation. I, that's just a market trend thing. I, that's not that's not that outlandish to say, given the history of games that are more in the JRPG appearance and, and art style. They tend to do much better in the PlayStation marketplace uh, or Nintendo. If it's on the Nintendo Switch 2, maybe. That's a possibility. You guys are right. That could be on the Nintendo Switch 2. Um, the fact that they got it on the PS4, though, I feel like you could get that to run on the Switch. Um... I feel like that would crush on the Switch. That art style, right? Um, but, but again, like, I thought it was a fantastic showcase, and then everybody started fixating on first party, and what was funny to me is we were told that, uh, like, Jaffe gave it a four and a half, a four and a half out of ten on the first party presence, which the truth of the matter is, as far as first party presence is concerned it's actually a zero 
There were no first-party studios at the event. But there were nine exclusives. So, the fixation on first-party is just weird to me. I... If you're trying to, if, if any of those nine games interest you, guess where you got to go to play them? Like, what difference does it make that, well, the publishing and the marketing is all paid for by a PlayStation, but they don't own the studio. And it's like, I, I don't get why that, ma- I just don't get why that matters. I really, really don't. Uh, Eugene is saying, there was at least one, if not two or three games in there for everyone. That's all that matters. You don't need to like it or want all of the games. Right. If you're... For, and, and remember what I said about the showcase last year, right? There are a lot of people that watch that showcase, and all they know is... All they know is is that that was 17 games coming to my PlayStation. 17, that's 17 games. That's a lot of games. Nine of them were exclusives. Transmissions from a spade boat with 25 months. Next stop, 100 months. All right, man, appreciate it. Jake says, Sony has a good thing going. They know they are probably ways away from uh, some big first-party games, so they are supplementing well. I, I mean, I don't even know if I would say supplementing. I think having first parties and partners is the is the key to a solid future like you're even saying it the way you're saying it jake you're making it seem as though oh yeah they're supplementing really well like they're failing to deliver first party on the rhythm it's like they it's it's far better to have partners and first party hitting regular cadence than overextending yourself and what buying a bunch of studios would you rather them buy all the studios that they're working with like, like shift up and uh the company behind hell divers i don't want them buying all those studios that, that it's it's more it's less risky to just fund the games publishing and then bring it to market so that your console benefits your users benefit it helps the console sales have increased demand or maintain demand without the risk of buying a bunch of companies i don't you see one of the reasons a lot of us were like, dude, massive, massive acquisition. I didn't say there was ill will in your statement, Jake. There's presumption in your statement. The presumption being, oh, they're supplementing, which makes it sound like there's like a lack of what they ought to be doing or a, or a lack of first party. It's not supplementing. It's a balanced approach. It's like, again, instead of scooping up every single studio... And then guess what? If the games don't do as well, or the games underperform, now that studio is facing what's what's going to happen. PlayStation just took on all this risk by buying us, and the game didn't do as well. well. If PlayStation publishes the game, and the game maybe underperforms, that's not nearly as scary. You, I would much rather it be balanced like this. Like, wait, we got some first-party studios. We've We've got partnerships here. What's a better word? Well, supplementing I don't think is applicable because supplementing basically means you're filling in like vacancies or gaps. They're not vacancies or gaps. It's It's always been this way. It's never been a constant barrage of first party studios. It's always been a heavy reliance on exclusivity contracts, 
uh, partnerships, second party published games. Like it's it's always been this way. There's this weird there's this weird like false history, I guess, of people thinking that like first party studios used to dominate the calendar. It's like no, it was actually the previous generation was a lot of exclusivity contracts. To be honest, it wasn't a bunch of first party studios just blitzing the calendar every year. It wasn't. On either side of the aisle, neither company was doing that. Supplements account for a shortage. Right, like, there's not a shortage. That's why I said, like, supplementing's not the right word. It's like, they're not supplementing. It, it's a balanced approach to making sure there's a good cadence of games that can only be purchased on their platform. Uh, Apex Predator says, when Xbox had no first party and only third party for the year, they had no first party, everyone complained, and articles were made. Well, no. Now, hang on a minute. It wasn't that there was no first party. It was that the console itself had had virtually nothing delivered from the company. Like The Series X was supposed to launch, we're supposed to get all these great titles, and everything had been shuffled back. So the absence of first party was... Where are the exclusives? What's going on? Even Phil Spencer himself, Apex. Phil Spencer himself, in the email, was like, go go out and find some people that we can secure deals with. Because they didn't have anything. It wasn't purely about first party. It was that there was no exclusivity. There was nothing. It was like, we have nothing right now to show. That's why they went out and made all those offers for Game Pass. They wanted to be able to come out and be like, play this on Game Pass, play this on Game Pass. They needed some way to talk about games coming to market that made their their platform appealing. Again, it's not false to say not a single first-party game was announced at a state of play. I didn't say that. It was false. I stated that clearly. That's a PlayStation showcase and no PlayStation games announced. That's not good. I think your opinion is is way off. They announced nine PlayStation exclusives. Nobody cares who owns the studios except for like tally mark tracker Twitter people. The average consumer watched that and saw not just nine exclusives, but even third-party games in development for the PS5. It's it's not it's not about like oh th- well, there were no PlayStation Studios there that's that's really bad what what do you mean these are partnerships these are companies PlayStation's publishing the games how are those not PlayStation games I I don't understand that that I'm telling you it's the weirdest goalpost shift I think I've ever seen in gaming like I said it's like a death it's the death rattle of the console war. It's the death rattle. You know what a death rattle is? It's what the thing gets to do as it's dying. It's like... This is over. The console war is over. Like, why Why are we doing this? Why are we pretending that this matters? Like, a 43-minute showcase, 17 games, 9 of which are exclusives. Phil Spencer said it himself. That's right. A first-party game is the one that we publish and we fund. And I could have went and researched which of the nine were published and funded by PlayStation, but I just don't give a single frick. I don't care. They're exclusives. 
If I want to play them, I got to have a PlayStation. They're funding it. They're publishing it. Whether they own the IP or it's a it's a timed exclusive for a year, I don't care. I get to play it. Why? Because I have a PlayStation. I can only speak for myself. I own multiple platforms and game primarily on PC. Console exclusives don't do much for me. Seller Blade, not for me. Sorry, but that's just me. Okay, well, Severin, your perspective is completely understandable, and you have to admit you're a minority in the market. You're a minority in the market. If you game primarily on PC and you see a bunch of games hitting PlayStation and PC, not all, but some of them were, a couple, a couple of them were, are any of the nine bangers? I think Stellar Blade looks awesome. I think Death Stranding 2 looked incredible. I think Helldivers looks really, really fun. I think the remake of uh, Until Dawn looks good. Silent Hill 2 remake looks good. They shadow dropped a free game, a Silent Hill game. What do you, they all looked good? Like, what do you mean by banger? I don't know. I don't know what you mean. They, I, they all looked good in their own way. You don't care for for Kojima games like neither this nor OD. I mean, Kojima's not Kojima's not for everybody. Judas is a multi-plat game. Metro VR is a banger. Metro VR is a multi-plat as well. Or, yeah, multi-plat. Yeah, Steam VR and hang on, hang on. Shelly with eight months of membership. Were Spider-Man 2018 and Returnal any less of a game? Because when they launched, Sony didn't own those studios. Exclusives are exclusives. First party or not. Shelly with an absolute haymaker of a point. Yeah, Spider-Man and Returnal weren't great, or they didn't count until what the studio was owned. And a 10 spot from PWH Town. When Sony has their first party state of play showcase, what's going to be the narrative then? Sony has always leveraged third party exclusives. This is only an issue because Microsoft has the most studios at the moment. Yeah, the uh, the Metro VR game is going to be Steam VR and the MetaQuest 2 and 3, according to the official document that I looked at. The only game I liked was Judas, and that's because Bioshock is god tier. Yeah, Judas looked really good. I mean, if that's what the gameplay is going to look like, I thought I thought that looks nice. I didn't see the state of play, Lono. Oh, I was, I was asking. Oh, I thought you were trying to insinuate something. Casual Grinder, there were 17 games announced. Nine of them were console exclusive to PlayStation, and I thought they all looked great. I didn't... The only one that I think looks a little bit janky and a little bit, like, old is Rise of the Ronin. Rise of the Ronin, I get it. You know, Team Ninja isn't necessarily known for pushing graphical fidelity. It looks a little bit like Sekiro, which isn't a slam. So I think a lot of people are going to look at Rise of the Ronin and as like as like a PlayStation Five exclusive, and they're going to be like, "Huh?" Like, I think Ghost of Tsushima looks better, and Ghost of Tsushima was originally built for PS4. So I think there are going to be people that look at Rise of the Ronin and they're going to kind of raise an eyebrow, but. Fans of that type of game, fans of Team Ninja, they're probably going to love it. It's also got co-op, so you have to take that into consideration. You know, that's going to lower fidelity and texture sometimes. Um, Team Ninja has solid combat. Right, like that's their bread and butter, and the people looking for that will probably get a great game in Rise of the Ronin. 
people that bought a PlayStation 5 and have played games like Ragnarok and Forbidden West and Returnal, even people who bought a PlayStation 5 and then played Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, they're going to see gameplay of Ronin and be like, I don't know about that. That doesn't look that great. But those are not necessarily the target audience for Rise of the Ronin. Yeah, people that play those games tend to like art style. You know, if it looks as good as Elden Ring, if it looks as good as Sekiro, they're happy. They're they're not looking for photorealism. They're not. So, are they timed exclusives? I don't think they're timed exclusives. I think these are these are exclusives in perpetuity. I don't think the games announced the nine that were announced. I don't think they're coming to Xbox. Even the first Death Stranding is only playable on Xbox PC. It's not playable on the Xbox console. If Rise of the Ronin was not a full-price $70 game, I would look at it differently. In my opinion, it looks more like a $40 game. By far, it's the only one Xbox had last year, Wolong. I didn't think Wolong reviewed that well, though. Even with the customers, I, don't, I didn't think it reviewed that well. Are those nine only available on PlayStation and no other platform? Uh, a good portion of the nine, yes. You won't be able to get anywhere else. Deej Master says, I got Ghost of Tsushima directors on PS5, but you just nailed my reaction to Ronin. Yeah, I, I think people are going to look at it and be like, that doesn't look very good. Uh, Helldivers 2 is on PlayStation and PC because it's a, it's, a, it's a live service game. Stellar Blade... Foam Stars, Rise of the Ronin, um, and then the Silent Hill Shadow Drop game for free, Until Dawn Remake is both, Death Stranding 2 will probably be staggered, uh, yeah, Wolong wasn't even an exclusive, it was just on Game Pass, that's, that's true as well, and then the new Kojima game will likely be PS5, or will likely be PS6 launch title, that's, that's what people are speculating. True SSJ Havoc says Metro VR is still a console exclusive. That's true. That's true. That's the point I was making. Right now, if you own a PC and a PlayStation 5, free, yeah, they shadow dropped a very short Silent Hill game. Uh, it's like a, it's like a, we're going to play it today. It's going to be the second stream. It's like a real short experience just to kind of promote Silent Hill 2, the remake. It's called Silent Hill uh, the Short Frick. I forgot the name of it. Hang on. Uh, The Short Message. Silent Hill the Short Message. It's free. It's, It's not like a full giant game. It's like a short experience. People are saying I might be able to complete it in one stream. I'm confused how you judge Ronin game, but you like Suicide Squad. Help me understand. They're completely different games, and Kill the Justice League has even been praised by John Linneman from Digital Foundry at how good the graphics are and how good the character models are, the animations, the optimization, the fluidity. If you're just looking at those elements, I sure, but outside of that, they're not even comparable games at all. Um, and I wasn't even judging Ronin. I wasn't judging Ronin. I feel like I was very fair in what I said about Rise of the Ronin. Some of the animations look a little bit janky, and the textures and the art style 
look a little bit old. And I said that that's not really what Team Ninja focuses on. They really focus on fast and intense combat, and that will likely appeal to the target audience. I mean, when you come to chat with an agenda, you basically plug your ears and don't listen to what what is said. I made it very, very clear that I wasn't being mean or harsh or judgmental to Rise of the Ronin. Like, take your agenda somewhere else. It's like the first thing you've ever said in my channel. Rich Rod with five spots says, I'm a graphics whore, but Ronin gameplay looks great. Doesn't need to look great. Um, at least it's not avowed. Ugly and terrible combat. I'm willing to. I'm. I'm willing to wait on avowed until I play it. Because avowed could be one of those games that feels great once you're playing. I always think. I always think that first-person melee combat looks janky, and then you play it, and sometimes it can be really fun. Like VR melee games. They always look super wonky in the trailers. Then you play one. You're like, yeah, this is actually pretty fun. So I'm willing to wait until I touch Avowed before I'm willing to decide. Right now, I think Avowed gameplay does look kind of clunky and slow. And the FOV doesn't look that great. Like, I I think that game, hopefully they give you a third-person option. If I can do third-person camera in Avowed, I'll be very happy. Uh, I always preferred that in, in Skyrim. So... But again, I always think first-person melee combat looks super janky, and then when you play it, oftentimes it feels way better. Um, Every video I've seen on YouTube about uh, Kill the Justice League has criticized the game. I'm curious to see how it's going to score on Steam. I think it'll do... It'll do... It'll fare the best with the console... With the console user base. That's what I think. But that's not what today is about. But I think it'll fare the best with the console user base. I don't think it's going to get a great uh, Metacritic score. And I don't think it's going to get a great uh, Steam score. But I think it'll do well. I think it'll do well with the uh, with the console user base. Personally. Hmm. Currently has a 4.6 on the Xbox store. So that's not terrible. That's a 92. Not a ton of reviews, but still, that's the beginning. That's the beginning samples of the reviews on the Xbox platform. Is a, a ninety-two. Um, my friend literally just messaged me that he is near end game and has enjoyed his run entire playthrough. People have different opinions. Yeah, I think the general gaming public has has a higher likelihood of vibing with that game than the than the YouTube Twitter gaming world. I think that they're I think there's bec- there's becoming a there's a clearer divide between those two communities. Um, so, and I think that that's fine. That doesn't necessarily mean a game is trash if the if the Twitter and the YouTube world rejects it. You know, we've seen movies get that treatment by Rotten Tomatoes. It'll get like a fifty percent from the critics, and then the audience gives it like an eighty-seven. So I just. In general, I think sometimes we forget there's there's a bit of a dividing line there sometimes on games. <clears throat> what was your standout game from the uh, the PlayStation State of Play last night? What was your standout game? For me, it was the Death Stranding trailer. I I that Decima engine is just unbelievable 
I've been on your channel since Twitch. You said, no, I'm a lurker. I watch VODs a lot, so when I catch live, I try to get questions answered that aren't asked. I'm not Team Ninja fan or anything, just wondering. All right, listen. Listen, Shay. Maybe I overreacted, Shay Allen. All right? Maybe I overreacted. I'm tired of people trying to take chunks out of me for enjoying a game. I'm tired of it. I like a game. You don't like a game. Attacking me it is... I'm just sick of it. I don't have any tolerance for it. If that's not what you were doing, fine. But your question did not fairly summarize my thoughts on Rise of the Ronin. I feel like I was more than fair to that game. I wasn't judging it, slamming it, or trashing it. I was speaking specifically to what I think people are going to think and how they're going to react because of where it lands in the realm of graphical fidelity and animation fluidity and comparing my opinion like that to kill the justice league is just completely out of left field it feels like an attempt at like a gotcha moment it's like haha yeah look at you you're being inconsistent it's like no i'm not they're not even remotely the same a 10 spot from william lewis not saying you lona but the playstation diehard argument for a long time was xbox has no exclusives because all their games are on pc now their argument has changed to console exclusives I don't but that's don't you see why I always resented being called a pony like never go full never go full that's I've always thought that was a stupid argument just because the game launches on Xbox and PC doesn't mean it's not an exclusive I've always thought that was a dumb argument I still think it's a dumb argument if the game is only available on that console that matters that matters for me it was Death Stranding a lot of people are saying Death Stranding the desert the mountain range the moon looked astounding the moon scene took took like took my breath away I was like huh I was like so what like, I don't think people understand one of the reasons I don't like being called a pony is because I follow ponies on Twitter and some of the stuff they say is brain dead stupid just like the other side that's why when people call me that it's like I don't just resent it because it's false but I resent it because I see what ponies say and it's really dumb a lot of the times and it's bad faith a lot of the times it's trollish and anti-intellectual not all the time, but enough of the times that when you lump me in with that group, I'm like, oh, come on, I don't say the stuff that they say. I don't say that crap. I never once was like, oh, you're your first, those aren't exclusives because they land on PC. I've never argued that. I know you weren't saying I argue that, but that's one of the reasons I resent that charge. That's, a, that's nonsense. There's been... There's been numerous times I've pushed back on stuff and people are like, oh yeah, yeah, you don't say this, but the ponies do. And I'm like, what? (laughs) There was never an argument I ever heard. Yeah, but but I don't I don't know who said it, but again, it's like you, you go to those extreme fringes and those radical positions and you're going to get you're going to get brain dead takes. 
Well, I agree with a lot of your takes, but the English definition of exclusive negates what you just said. If a game goes to two different places, it's not an exclusive to either of those places. That's the fallacy of appealing to the defini- to a definition. That's not an argument. Like, appealing to a definition is not an argument. You have to understand that within... W- context is the king of defining a word, not the dictionary. So, context drives the meaning of a word. That's why fallacy of appealing to a definition is not a good way of, of arguing something. The usage of exclusive within the gaming world as a colloquialism, as as a as gaming vernacular, exclusive has always been about that console versus this console. It has history. We can't ignore that history. We can't. We also can't ignore that history because exclusives were leveraged to drive console sales. There isn't game contracts driving PC sales. Like, that's not a thing. That's never been a market reality. It's never been a market reality. So in this realm, getting like pedantic and being like, well, it's not really an exclusive because it lands on PC... You're just muddying the waters of communication. That doesn't make any sense at all. So if you want to wag your finger in the face of Xbox people, what's up, Akuta Papa? You want to wag your finger in your face and be like, you don't actually have exclusives because all your games go to PC. You're not winning any points. You're just expressing a misunderstanding of language usage is all it is. Like, I hate to say it, but... It's that's ignorant. That's 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 anti-intellectual. That's uneducated. That's not how we treat language. Y- you you don't you don't rigidly take a term down to it it always means this and then and then reinvent how the word's been used. For the longest time exclusive in this realm, if it's an Xbox game or a PlayStation game, we've never once thought that well if it also lands on PC it's no longer an exclusive it's like what it's always been about the consoles because that was a driver of getting you to buy a console whether it was a timed exclusivity deal or uh, a six month or a one year or whatever did my five dollar super chat come through hang on Akuta Papa no I do not see it let me check the back end I feel like has this happened before with you I swear this has happened before with you. Or it ha- I forget who it happened with. Let me go on the back end and see if it's on that. Uh, like earn. Supers. No, it's not on my super dashboard. I've got William Lewis, Rich Rod, True SSJ, Havoc, P-Dub, H-Town. Yeah, it's not there. I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure. Akuta Papa. I think you can, I think you can respond... Uh, to the email and see and, and ask for a refund if it didn't come through. I wanted State of Play to give an update on Concord. That was the one absence from the State of Play that I expected to be there, William Lewis, was Concord. Because if it's coming this year, it's like, you guys are going to wait till the showcase? I was like, all right. Darth Ascension says, I don't agree, but I respect your opinion. Darth Ascension says, I don't know, Lono. PC exclusives are a thing. So I get what you're saying. Exclusives can be shorthand for console exclusive. The definition rings true if you look at PC as its own platform. I do. Right. So 
you don't agree with me because you've developed an opinion that's not really shared by the market or used by the market. Like, of course, you see what I'm saying? In video games, exclusives is not defined by where you can get the game, but where you can't get the game. That's exactly right, Zuby. Like, it's it's always been about the consoles. As a term, okay, as a term, it's developed into something that communicates something. If I tell you, this is a PlayStation exclusive, and you're like, yeah, but it's also coming to PC. It's like, yes, but now you know you can't get it on Xbox. Now you know you can't get it on Nintendo. Detective Seed says, I feel like console exclusives was utilized before games began coming to PC as well as day and date. Since then, at least for me, the term has no longer been used. It has been multi-plat. But even that's confusing. You use definition not used by the market? What? Console exclusive? That's what that that's used on some of the final cards of trailers, is it not? If it's not used by the trailers, the the the, the 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 games media, the gaming press, the gaming community, it's it colloquialisms and vernacular are organic. They're ever changing. Generally speaking, when I look at the market, they use terms like uh they use terms like console exclusive. That's self-explanatory. Does anybody not understand that? We all know what that means. Thank you. Somebody used my code over there at Gamer Advantage, guys. I am wearing their frames right now. Blue light blocking glasses. Uh, a lot of their, um, a lot of their, a lot of their lenses have clip-on sunglasses. That's one of the reasons I really, really like them. They're having a huge sale right now, uh, so be sure to check that out. I still disagree with your other comment about doing simple math regarding the buy-in to certain console. You do not take into account release date. Most of the heavy hitters yesterday were not 24. Which which are those titles? D-Tom. List me the titles that were heavy hitters not landing in 2024. So out of the 17, two of them are Kojima's. Death Stranding and the Espionage. Okay. Let's just trim it down to the 15. Out of the 15 titles, what are you talking about? Because you said most, most of the heavy hitters. Okay, which which ones are you talking about? Which games? Concord, according to this person, is soon. I wonder where that that'll show. Silent Hill. Okay, so Silent Hill two. All right. Okay, see, again, this is the problem with what you're doing, D-Tom. You're creating your own made-up goalposts. When a consumer watches a, a showcase like that, all they know is that that's a bunch of games coming to PlayStation. That's all they know. And to push back on your, 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 your inclusion of Silent Hill... There was a free Silent Hill game yesterday. Guess where you have to guess what you have to own to play it. Guess which console you have to own to play the Silent Hill Shadow Drop. Do you see? It's simple math, brother. 9 games 
coming exclusively to PlayStation versus three. And by the way, you only have one release date for the three on Xbox. One release date. You have May. Both Avowed and Indie are, we don't know. They're, they're coming this year. But we don't have release dates. I actually think Indiana Jones, we'll see. That one could slip. I'm thinking that's fourth quarter. That one could slip into next year. Anything that doesn't have a release date can slip into next year, personally. Doesn't matter who who's developing it. When they don't have a release date and they just say 2024, they're all in 2024. Right. Where's this list of... Th- you said most, D-Tom. Where's this long list of games? You, you acted like most of the games. Okay, nine console exclusives. We now have three. The two Kojima games in Silent Hill 2. Got a little ways to go before you get to most. You haven't hit most yet. You've got one third. I still have six games. So I have six console exclusives versus three. What else? What else is not coming? Five spot from Akuta Papa. I can't stand Death Stranding mainly because of FedEx. I'm interested. Uh, I'm interested in Dragon's Dogma 2. I may wait on Ronin to come to PC as well. Thank you for the five spot, Akuta Papa. Akuta Papa, what do you think about Dragon's Dogma targeting 30 FPS? Your goalpost is I'm a consumer looking to buy a console in the next four years. Yeah. That's that's what drives console purchase. Dri- console purchase is driven by these are the games coming. These are all the things I can count on coming. It's why they it's why they had the trailer for Spider-Man as well as Wolverine. They're forecasting. That's that's exactly what drives purchase of an item like that. Yes, it's an expensive purchase. That 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 very much affects consumer confidence in purchasing an expensive an expensive piece of hardware. What am I going to get? Thank you Dylan Butler for renewing as a VIP. Welcome back. Silent Hill 2 just said in development. It didn't say when, right? That was one of the other ones that's ended by saying in development for PS5. Didn't it? Is that what it said? When I was 10, I didn't care that Metal Gear Solid wasn't Sony. All I cared was I needed a PlayStation to get it. Same with Resident Evil. That's exactly right. Just asking. I don't know you were looking that far out. I was thinking in the coming year. No, no, no. Okay, hang on, D-Tom. We're, we've we've passed each other in the night here. Let me restate it. If you're considering buying a console right now, the scales are heavily weighted for the PlayStation 5. There are way more console exclusives all, right now. Way more. Especially if you're looking for next gen. Right? Because Starfield's not a next gen tour de force. It's a 30 FPS game. Redfall's not. Forza Motorsport's not. Halo Infinite's not. You know. Forza Horizon looks fantastic. Hi-Fi Rush looks good. But again, it's not like a next-gen tour de force. You go to PlayStation, and the list is longer. 
And then when you look at the forecast going forward, the list is longer. Not like again, you they kicked off the year and they said, "Come to our developer direct." And three of the five games are exclusive to the Xbox console. My point was very simple. It's going to widen the gap that's already there between PlayStation console sales versus Xbox console sales. That's I, I just really don't think that that is that controversial to say, right? You know, clip it, not you, D-Tom. Clip it, call me a pony, keep promoting my content. I don't care. If somebody thinks that's hate or scandalous, I'm, I'm glad that they're persuaded to not watch. That's so basic. That's such basic market analysis to say there's already a three-to-one gap between these consoles. And when I look at these showcases, I'm like, the scales are still weighted heavily on this side. A smaller company is playing guerrilla warfare, man. They're down in the trenches leveraging partnerships and publishing deals, second-party deals, marketing deals. And it's like, who looks stronger right now? Who? Seriously. If you're staring at the market and you're like, all right, this is the year I buy a new console. Come on, man. The showcases aren't even, they're not even comparable, bro. 17 games versus five. Well, but they included third party. The the consumer doesn't know that. Are you accusing me of calling you a pony or clipping you seriously? D-Tom. D-Tom. I said not you, D-Tom. I said that. I said not you, D-Tom. Not you. I don't think we're passing in the night. I don't think you're listening. I don't think you're listening, brother. I specifically stopped myself and said, not you, D-Tom. Open your ears, brother. Don't waste my time with this nonsense of misquoting me. I don't have time for that, brother. I don't. Red badge, purple badge, a badge from God himself. I don't care what color your badge is. Don't freaking misquote me. I specifically said, not you, D-Tom. trying to have a good faith argument if i want to be if on a console i'm looking at games coming out this year but maybe i'm a little different okay hang on though hang on people don't just look at what's coming they look at what's already out too they look at what's already out they do you you it, like, right now, if if you're looking to buy a console, you don't look at what's already out. You only look at what's coming out this year. You're not going to look at Returnal, Ratchet, Gran Turismo 7, God of War, Horizon Forbidden West, Burning Shores, Final Fantasy 16, Spider-Man 2. You're, you're not going to look at that library. That's not even a factor. Director's cut of Ghost of Tsushima. Director's cut of Death Stranding. You're not going to look at that. And that's not a part of your the equation? And then you look at the forecast of like... <laughs> you don't think an action espionage game 
with Kojima is like, oh, I need to be in that ecosystem. I need to be on that platform. You don't think that's compelling to people? I totally agree with you there. PS5 has way better games now, just in the silo of 2024. Okay, okay. See, now we're having a healthy back and forth. DTOM, if you just silo in 2024, that's just going to come down to preference. It really, really is. Because PlayStation already has a strong year. It, it, but if the games don't interest you, then what, then what discussion are we even having? <clears throat> because right now, Xbox has four titles that look good for 2024. Hellblade 2, Stalker 2, Avowed, Indiana Jones. They also have Towerborn and 33 Immortals and potentially shoot what replaced that with that indie title pixel pixel art title and then there's there's like one other that might show up i actually think xbox's lineup this year interests me more than than previous year cuz i thought redfall looked bad for moment 1 you know, starfield and then a racing game you know and and hi-fi rush i'm not a i don't i'm not a fan of rhythm games so that's a pretty good year for xbox now, somebody could look at this year's lineup of Xbox and say, I'm not interested in any of that. Arc 2 is unconfirmed. I'm not including Arc until Arc says something. They had a typo that said 2025, and now they're saying, what, fourth quarter? Now, when I look at PlayStation, same deal. I'm like, was a pretty good year. Helldivers 2, Stellar Blade, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Concord's apparently coming. We haven't seen anything about that. Uh, Hang on. I need to pull up the list. I'm blanking on the rest. Yeah, Stalker 2 looks really, really good. They said 2024. I know. And then they had that typo. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the Until Dawn remake. I think, I think looks really, really good. Rise of the Ronin. Foam Stars. That's, that's all this year. So if you look at the list and you say, oh, I find, I, f- I find Xbox's list more compelling, but again, th- that's a matter of preference. My original point was the scales, the scales keep stacking up for console exclusives on one side. That was all I said. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to act like Xbox doesn't have anything. Uh, Eugene says, go back to 2018 with Spider-Man and God of War and fast forward to today and into 2025. The PlayStation library is an effing monster and that's all the consumer cares about. Right. Thunder Lotus might drop a banger with 33 Immortals. I mean... Your opinions are objective? <laughs> no, they're not. Um, yeah, so like, you could obviously look at this year for PlayStation and say, Helldivers 2, Stellar Blade, Foam Stars, Rise of the Ronin, Until Dawn Remake, uh, you know, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and you might be like, I'm not really interested in those games. 
That's still a ton of freaking games. That's so many. Like the this the gaming year is busting at the seams. So it's like it it, it your preference is on the games. Sure, that's totally fine. You don't you don't you don't have to be interested in any of those games. You know, the, the jiggle physics of Stellar Blade might might be like yeah I'm good. You know, and that's totally fine. If you find Xbox's lineup more compelling this year, man, that's awesome. That's sweet. I, I hope you have a blast. My original statement was I was pushing back on something too, DTOM. You have to hear some of these statements in the context of what I'm pushing back on. I'm pushing back on the fixation of, well, it's not a first-party studio. Okay, well, a 43-minute showcase announced nine console exclusives. You think the average consumer is going to run to Google and be like, well, does PlayStation own the studio? No. They're not going to, they're not going to spend a second of thought about it. Well, no, I honestly, the thing, the first four months of 2024 are on par with all of PlayStation's 2023. I could flip a coin on Spider-Man and Final Fantasy 16 versus all the games listed for 2024 so far. Yo, it's good touch of snow. Yeah, guys, don't forget about Skull and Bones. <laughs> Why is Tom getting all the attention? Well, sometimes I, I drill down on, on one conversation and go back and forth with that person don't be jealous (laughs) momo the cow with a ten dollar super chat after the many years kojima has worked on metal gear solid i would assume he would explore his creativity in genres anywhere other than action espionage the news left me flabbergasted and excited he said he thinks it's going to be the culmination of all of his work he thinks it's going to be the culmination of his of his career You're jealous. Whatever, D-Tom. I'm I'm excited. When he said that, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you gotta understand something, man. That's a big announcement, right? Showing off eight minutes of Death Stranding 2 was just an absolute bomb. That That was an amazing drop. It was like, holy cow. It looks incredible. But then for him to be like, oh, I'm also partnering with PlayStation to build an action espionage game that's going to be the culmination of the 40 years of my career in game production. That's like eight arms came out from behind Kojima and just all flex at the same time. That was massive flex to be like, (laughs) oh, Konami, just you wait. And for people that have been in the PlayStation ecosystem for a really long time, it's a big announcement. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. That that one more thing I thought was big. It, it, I thought it was huge. And I love Herman Hulse as the front man of the company. I'd love it. I told you guys I liked him. He had done some interviews. I had seen him do, you know, do a couple things, and I was like, I, I think they need to put Herman Holst out front. I, Jim Ryan was fine. I, I, I think Jim Ryan had a 
had a slightly off-putting demeanor, I think. I think Herman's a, a great frontman for PlayStation. He may not be the best, like, resume for Jim Ryan's former position, but I think as a frontman, he's standing there with Kojima, looking all swaggered up with his jacket on. I was like, all right, Herman. You know, it's going to be a little intimidating bringing a style game up against Kojima, but... I thought Herman held his own. He's looking good. He was looking good, dude. <laughs> That's why I've always thought Phil Spencer was a good front man. I, I think having a, you know, a sharp looking guy on the front lines is important. That's why I think they're going to start putting, they're going to start putting Sarah Bond out front. I think she's a great face for the company. I think that's important. You got to have that, that confident person out there on center stage. You're talking about what titles can be found in each console. Power World enters the chat. I mean, yeah, sure. I I don't know if that's going to affect console sales that much, though. I mean, we'll see. All signs point to consoles being deprioritized. Are you seeing some of the reports? Are you seeing some of the reports about consoles and physical being removed from stores and stuff? I don't know, bro. I don't know if Power World can even turn that tide. I, I don't think it can. Power World's massive success, but Power World also runs real rough on the Series S, and that's most of your Xbox consoles in circulation. So, they pulled good numbers. They, they did. I think a lot of people downplayed how many people played Power World on Xbox, but it doesn't run that well over there. So, this is what we worried about how the executives look they can look like Beetlejuice just have my games on time I don't care how they look yeah but Jay Wright think about it from a marketing perspective are you going to walk somebody out there that looks like you know they just got in a bar fight or they live under a bridge or are you going to walk out Sarah Bond seriously like from a marketing perspective, the, the, the world is watching. We respond to attractive people. Do you think do you think newscasters are just universally sharp looking? Be, what? You think that's just a coincidence? You think they're growing them in a lab somewhere? No, it's 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 basic human psychology. We respond and are more trusting of attractive people. It's a, it's the truth. It's the it's the truth, <laughs> just the way that it is, you know. So having a sharp looking front man, uh, that that helps. That helps. I think Phil Spencer as a front man for Xbox actually helped the brand. I do. I do. I think it. I think it made people look forward to events. They were like, "Oh, Phil's going to be there," you know. Mediocre Milton uh, says, 40% of people playing Power World on Xbox didn't get the first achievement, which takes 15 minutes max. So as usual, a Game Pass game isn't retaining players. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Power World's going to switch the console numbers for Xbox. I don't. 
you know. Sports Illustrated uh, had a fat model last year, and guess when they went back this year? Well, I mean, that's just chasing trends is all that is. Did you just admit that Phil Spencer's handsome? It wouldn't be the first time I said I thought he was a handsome man. I've said for a long time I thought he was a handsome man. I, I think he was a great front man for the brand. I think Sarah Bond is very good looking, and I think putting her out front is important. I think it matters. I think it affects consumer perception. It affects consumer confidence. Right? An attractive person walks out and tells you everything's going to be okay, you're good. If some person walks out and is like, everything's going to be okay, you're like, I don't freaking know. The world's probably going to blow up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) it has an effect. You find Doug Bowser attractive? This isn't universal. They don't they don't pick people for those positions based on their looks. They don't. I don't think Doug Bowser's a bad-looking guy. He's got a symmetrical face. Bald is in, dude. Bald is in. Nothing wrong with Doug Bowser. He looks fine. Gabe Newell. <laughs> Leave Gabe alone. You know? Gabe's Gabe's cuddly. Gabe looks like Santa Claus. I think it works. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. He's handsome for a potato. His name alone solidifies the position. I also think it, it, it glasses and a, and a suit and a, and a nice shirt and you're and, and you're like you're kept together and you're confident. That's a huge part of it as well. Like I don't think I've ever seen Doug Bowser talk and been like, "Ugh, who's this guy?" I'm like, "Oh, here, let's see what he has to say." Right? Being attractive, yeah. It's not just looks. There's char- there's charisma. There's presence. Yeah, like. People like to listen to Todd Howard. I think there's something to it. Todd's got a look. He's got jackets. You know, his hair is timeless. He hasn't changed his, you know, roadhouse hairstyle for 15 to 20 years. (laughs) You know? And good for him. Good for him for that. (laughs) So where's your suit? Well, I mean, I my my uh, my brand is my voice, not my face. <laughs> yeah, my looks and my appearance are not part of the brand. It's the voice, okay? Bot's been in here all morning saying no first party games, and then they flex a third party. Well, and I think that's why. I think that's one of the reasons why the whole debate's stupid. It's just stupid. It was like somebody came to me. I don't know if this is accurate or accurate or not, but this is what was conveyed to me. Doc Dark has been on the show before. He comes in. He's a member. You know, I always give him crap, right? And somebody told me that he, he you know, he said it was a fail because there were there. It was all games that we knew about. And not just Doc. I saw like a PlayStation guy losing his mind because it was just a bunch of games that we already knew about. 
And I'm like... So then the developer direct was bad too, right? We already knew about all those games, right? Right? Like, are we going to judge showcases that way every time now? Are you going to take off points every time there's a game that you've already heard about? That's that's not a valid point at all. That's it's a it's inconsistent. It's a cherry pick. It's like, well, wait, what about it, what about what about that one? They did the same thing. They showed a bunch of games you already knew about. I don't understand. If if a showcase is measured by whether or not they showed new stuff, a lot of these showcases are bad because they can't literally walk out every three to six months and have nothing but new things to show. That's got to be one of the dumbest expectations I've ever heard of. That's one of the dumbest expectations I've ever heard of. Well, you think every three to six months, no, it should only be new things. Okay, here's a cinematic trailer. Uh, here's a title screen. When's it coming out? We have no idea. You were begging for something new. Like, I, I, I am so, I am so glad we've moved away from that. I don't need a state of play. I don't need a showcase. I don't need a game fest. I don't need any of that where it's world exclusive. And it's a cinematic trailer and a title screen and no date. You'd miss me with that. I don't care about that. I don't care about that. I love the new marketing. Shorter marketing windows. What we see is closer to the final product because we don't see it until it's close to release. It's so much better for consumer confidence, for quality of delivery. It can push back on crunch culture because you're not constantly being like, yep, we're building a game. And then six years later, people are like, where's your game? They're like, well, <laughs> you know, stuff. And then they don't, they don't. And then when it finally comes out, it's nothing like what they showed. We're fu- we're in a far better state right now. Xbox walked out. Here are the games coming this year. PlayStation comes out. Most of the games in the showcase are coming this year. A handful are are in development and beyond, but most are coming this year. That's so much better. If you're talking, showing, announcing a game, and it's coming either this year or next year, that's so much better than what we used to freaking get. It showed eight minutes of Death Stranding 2, and it's coming next year. There's no problem with that. Me too, Lono. It sucks hearing about a game that's five years or more away. I don't want that. Right, especially with the deluge of games coming this year. There are so many games coming this year. Why do you need to hear about something that's that's years away? Or we don't even know. We don't even know. Why do you need to hear? Who cares? You've got so many games in front of you coming. Well, I need, I need to know what the first party studios are doing. Why? Why? Who cares? You have so many games to play. Where's factions? Canceled, brother. What you talking about? They took that behind the woodshed and told it to look at the flowers. Where's Metroid Prime 4? It's probably a launch title for the Switch 2.
It's just now February. Ten more months to go this year. No need to spill everything in one month. Thank you, Rain Walker. So sensible. So sensible. Yeah, what are they what are they supposed to do? They're like, well, it's <laughs> January the 31st. Let's put everything in there. Let's just blow the whole wad. Pause. Like, come on. They got showcases they got to do in the summer. They can't do everything today. That's why I was totally fine with the Xbox Developer Direct being like, here's five deep dives with our studios. That's awesome. I think that's great. And then PlayStation walks out and is like, here's 17 games, nine of which are console exclusives. A couple are coming next year. Most are coming this year. A couple of third-party games in there to get everybody excited. Does one will just say pause? Well, I said it before you did. I knew if I said blow the whole wad, you'd say pause. Well, I said it. <laughs> Did Lono just pause? Listen. I, you know. <laughs> Come on. What, am I not allowed to say it? Tell me. Tell me I'm not allowed to say it. Minecraft doesn't need ray tracing five-year-olds played. Hey, hey, hey. You'd probably be surprised that the age demographic of Minecraft is not children. Promise you. I promise you. The age demographic of Minecraft is not children. Angela's hands. What did I do? I didn't do did I do his hands? He's just like holding the mic. He's like. <laughs> He's like, but I will say this. That really sucks. <laughs> He's like, you know, it's true. <laughs> he brings them back together. <clears throat> What's the age demographic for COD? Age age demographic for COD's probably again, again, uh, you know, up up uh, upper twenties and up, uh, upper twenties and up. I, there's there's a giant misconception that certain games are like dominated by uh, by by, chi- by by children or younger age demographics. That just simply isn't true. The vast majority of gamers are over the age of twenty eight. So you'll be hard-pressed to find a game that's like, well, this is a kid's game. When you send a message, people will be able to see you subscribe to this channel. Why is this still a thing on YouTube? I mean, no crap. It's called chat. Yeah, Technus Corner, I think they do that because... Yeah, hey, how are you? I I don't know why they're doing that. Like, they're being a little aggressive with, like, that pop-up at the bottom. Julio says, that's why I don't care much about the Kojima new game. I know nice new espionage game. I love me some Kojima, but now we wait five years. Right. I Here's the thing, though. I don't disagree with you, Julio. But it's Kojima. <laughs> like, they're, they're going to flex that as soon as the ink is dry. 
you you just you just know that right you know that they're gonna flex that as soon as the ink is dry we're partnering with kojima to build an action espionage game that that's like it's like double barrel shotgun <laughs> boom they're just launching confetti in the air like yeah look what we got like it's 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 a big announcement. It's a big announcement. It really, really is. And I get it. It's like great. Now we gotta wait six years or five years or they probably I'm I think Tom Hendy's right. Well Tommy Hendy's right. Tom Henderson said this might be the first PlayStation six launch title announcement or game announcement. So I could see that being a 20, a 2030, 2029 PlayStation 6 launch title. And you, you talk about, you talk about a pretty, a pretty hyped up game. I mean, I, I would imagine that would get people pretty excited. Kojima didn't show anything, didn't tease anything, just said, hi, we're doing this. And then he got, and then he shut up. Yeah, that was the end of it. Death Stranding uh, to show off makes me want to go play Death Stranding, and I've never wanted to play it because I've been told that it's a walking simulator with little to no action. Um, I wish I had time for it because I actually enjoyed my time in it. There's, I'm gonna relate it to Hellblade. Death Stranding is is an is an experience. Like there's atmosphere, there is story, there is mystique, there is a cinematic quality to the game. Um it's yeah. I'm I, it's it's one of those games where I wish I had time to play it because it's I just again the backlog is so huge and I know that game is a huge time sink. What's what's the average completion time? Um, what is it? Yeah, just just to beat the main objectives, it's like a forty-hour game. And then, if you want to do a hundred percent completion in that game, it's over one hundred and ten hours. I think it's like. It's it's comparable to like Hellblade, right? Hellblade's not an action game or a combat game. Hellblade One is an experience. Now it's a lot easier to commit to trying out Hellblade because that's like a ten, that's like an eight hour, ten hour game. To to get immersed in an experience and play through Death Stranding, I mean, I have forty freaking hours, bro. I, don't <laughs> I need games to land in the twenty twenty to thirty hour range, not double that I mean I just again I just my I'm, I'm on dad gamer hours I, I just have limited time you know the kiddos come first is stellar cheeks open world I don't think so I think it'll probably be reminiscent of like a Final Fantasy 16 you know 
Guys, just so you know, we did hit the big member goal last night. We've got two gifted members so far today. Uh, we've we've hit this. We've, we're on a streak. We've not missed this goal. Every 25, I give five back. So tomorrow night, there will be a stream with my wife, a Kill the Justice League stream. And make sure you're upgraded to the $6 tier. We, every once in a while, are going to restrict Friday nights to that. Next week, Friday night, will be open to everybody, all gifteds. It'll be Hilly and I playing Helldivers. VIPs will get uh, preferential treatment if they want to jump in and play with us. Um, forgot to applaud you on your thumbnail. Yeah, I knew, I knew who to put on the thumbnail. You know? Kojima, Norman Reedus, Stellar Cake. I mean, there's, there's no question. Uh... But yeah, yeah. So you guys hit that goal. So tomorrow night will be a fun time. I'll have to wear the Deadpool onesie. My wife and I'll play Kill the Justice League. It should be a really, really good time. But if you haven't already today, smash the like button. Become a member. You don't have to sit around and wait for a gifted. You can click join, pick the $6 tier, jump in as a brand new member. We'd really love to see more people doing that than relying on the gifters. Uh, the gifters, are, they go crazy. I go crazy. Uh, I gifted like over 4,000 members uh, to the community just last year. So plenty of people get gifted here just by hanging out. So make sure uh, you guys are jumping in. If you can afford the membership, it frees up space for the others. And Behemoth drops a 10 and 5 comes in from PWH Town, immediately skyrocketing us to 17. These guys always bringing the heat unbelievable a member train out of nowhere and hide renews 10 months in a vip i've been putting off death training for years because kojima's weirdness i never was a fan of metal gear solid top five games for me easily it was just the right amount of weird as hideo says it uh it is more than a game there you go there's somebody who always stayed away from it and loved it that was from hide and a single gifted from dk beggar keeping the member train going and bumps it to 18 thank you so 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 much They're playing Helldivers because Hilberg isn't allowed Halo anymore. No, we're playing Helldivers because it comes out that week. And a 10-bomb from Rissick. He takes us well beyond what's needed all the way to 28. Holy cow. That's incredible. Unbelievable. That's Agents of Chaos work right there. Thank you, Rissick. A five spot from Black Waifus. Um, have you beat Horizon? Yes, but I beat that on stream. If so, you can play it. Coming from a guy who put Death Stranding down, by the way. And a gifted from Willie Kale keeping the membership train going to 29. And then a Kuda Papa gifts 5 and takes us to 34. This member train is taking off. Holy moly. Thank you guys so, so much. I now owe you guys 5. P-Dub did a 10. No, P-Dub did a 5. PWH Town did a 5. Behemoth did a 10. I counted that. That was 15 on top of the 2. That was 17. DK Beggar took us to 18. 10 from Rissick took us to 28. 1 from Kale took us to 29. And 5 from Akuta Papa took us to 34. And a 5 from Joker Quinn taking us to 39. Joker Quinn is one of the kings of the single gifted and he bumps up to do a five. I'm going to owe you guys I'm going to owe you guys more. If we hit the 50, I'm going to owe you 10. You guys might blast us up to 3k members. I didn't even think of an incentive for 3,000 members. If we hit 3,000 members, what should we do? 
Should we let everybody come to Friday night and just put the emoji in front of Madam again? Open it up to all people? I don't know. What do you guys want to do? You guys are currently 11 members away from 2,800. You guys have absolutely blown the doors off. You're basically you're basically less than 200 members away from 3,000. Remember Final Fantasy State of Play? I thought it was on the 8th. It's on the 6th? I thought it was on the 8th. And a single from Rob V puts us within 10 of the 50 to 40. And another one from DK Beggar takes us to 41. Adam slowly becoming a VTuber. No gray names on Fridays. Fall Guys Community Night and you gotta wear the Deadpool costume. I'll do another one, Trill. That's fine. That's fine. If we hit 3,000 members, if we can do that either today or between today and tomorrow, yes, we'll do I'll, We'll do a community game night where I got to wear it. I think people want a Foam Stars community game night as well. Yes, gifted members can join the Discord. Listen to me. Listen to me. People really misrepresented something I said about the Discord a while ago and, and, tried, to, and tried to once again slander and defame and mislead the public about me we don't want the public coming into the discord because it's bots it's attacks if you get a gifted membership you can come into the discord we literally pay money to give you access to our community so you can sample it and try it out they do a community voice call on saturdays where everybody hangs out and talks they group up and play video games together. We create clans in video games. And if you like it, you can upgrade to the $6 member tier and then you get access to everything. You literally get a month to try out the content. You can't. Thank you, Rissick, for another gifted. You can't come to every Friday night, but we've been opening up a lot of the Friday nights to everybody. There we go. 42 out of 50. What did PlayStation say? Oh. Oh, it is February the 6th. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yes, there's another state of play on February the 6th at... That'll be, what, 6.30 Eastern. I Yeah, I probably won't co-stream that. That's too late in the day for me. Just remember, if you connect your YouTube account to Discord, you gain full access. Yeah, that's all you have to do. It will see you as a full member. You get full access to the Discord. You get into all the stuff. What am I hearing? I'm hearing a man's voice in my home. Like, is we got is the electric guy here or something? They came and replaced the meter today, and the power went off for you know forty five seconds. My battery backups kept everything on. Stellar yams. 
Stellar Yams comes out two days after my birthday. I was actually really, really surprised. She says, I don't hear anything. Or is it a riddle? Oh, stop it. I was actually really, really surprised that that Stellar Cake was coming out that early. We are at 2792. We are eight members away from 2800. Oh, that's crazy. We're eight members away from 52. That's awesome. It's your wife's boyfriend dropping off your new PS5. Shut the frick up. The guy came and swapped the meter today. I was just making sure that they didn't need to like come inside and do anything. These are freaking terrible. Somebody say that about your family. Bunch of weirdos. Cellar Blade looks awesome. Yeah, I mean... Luna, are you wearing at 3000 the Harley Quinn skirt outfit? No. No, I'm not dressing up as a woman for 3000 members. We've been at close to 5000 members, dude. I'm I don't even know if I don't I don't no. I don't mind I don't mind embarrassing myself, but I'm not going to debase myself. I'm sorry. Some people think that that's cool and that's good for you, but not me. Helldivers comes the day after my birthday. Lono's buying many PS5s to prove he's not a pony. That's right. So 5,000 then? No, I'm not I'm not putting on I'm not wearing women's clothes for a membership tier. That's not happening. I don't do that for anybody. Digging in the neighbor's yard? Why? Must be a gas line if they're digging. Electric's behind the house. Gas line's underneath the ground. I don't, yeah, it must be. I don't know. Might have been like that time. Remember the duplex? All the grass was dead. And we were like, what's going on? And we're like, we got a gas leak. Killing all the grass. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hopefully nobody's smoking around here. Blow up my front yard. How's the merch been doing? Uh, we've not been pushing it that much. We, You know, it did well that first day we pushed it. And, you know, we'll, we'll push it every once in a while. It's... It's not a huge focal point. I'd rather, you know, members, members coffee merch, you know, is members coffee merch sponsors like in order of priority probably, you know. Ah. Lona without a beard. Yeah, I won't be doing that again either. Uh, 
You forgetting to buy a mouse pad? We'll switch to gameplay in a little bit. I started later today. I started later today. So, um, you know, you just brought my lunch. Better hope your electrical or gas lines aren't on your neighbor's property. No, no, that's not. It's not set up like that. I know exactly where all of our all of our stuff is. It's not in their property. I thought looks weren't a part of your brand. Yeah, just because looks aren't a part of my brand doesn't mean I'm going to debase myself. And that's why I'm not. I'm, I will never. Um, I'll never shave my head. You know. I'll never dye my hair. I just, I don't do any of that stuff. Uh, hang on. There we go. Yeah, we're going to stream the Silent Hill Shadow Drop and check it out. Yes. How do you think Kill the Justice League will sell? Um, I think commercially it has a chance to do very well on consoles. Um, Bald is in. Yeah, so are high-waisted pants. That doesn't mean I'm going to buy them. Uh, yeah, th- th- I think I think Kill the Justice League has a chance to do. Um, oh, okay, creature, I see it. Um, yeah, I think Kill the Justice League has a chance to be successfully like it's com- successful commercially on console i don't think it's going to do that well on steam uh i don't think it's going to get a great metacritic score or open critic score it's probably going to land in high 70s um if they can maintain high 70s or low 80s on metacritic open critic i actually think that's going to really help them if they drop down into like low 70s if they drop out of the 70s i think that's a bad that's that's going to be rough from a pr perspective but I think the console audience and the more casual audience will dig it. Uh, it's it, it's it's just a fun game. I think people are are even the people that were apprehensive are like, hey, I'm actually having fun. Like I think Paris has been very fair about that on his timeline, but he has expressed something similar to what I expressed, which is, does it have staying power? We know there are people who hate it. We know there are people who clamored to Twitter to spoil it and complain about disrespecting whatever. Who cares about those people? They're they're not going to be the people that determine the game's success. What determine the game's success will be, can they get enough sales in the initial launch and then get enough of those people to continue to come back or get new people to jump in later as well? So... Yeah, I, I, I don't expect... I don't know any of those... I don't know any big content creators personally. But generally speaking, I don't find the big guys to break from hive mind all that often. Um, it's it's I don't I don't I can't really explain it. 
I, I find often there's a there's a very superficial engagement with the game and or topic and then a magnetism to whatever everybody is saying so I think there's a lot more to the builds there's a lot more to the combat a lot of people keep talking about how it's super repetitive and I'm doing the same thing all the time have they broken down the modifiers that change the encounters have they broken down the builds and the abilities and the skill trees and the weapons like I I got a weapon just yesterday that completely changed the way that I played and I'm seeing people literally say I'm playing the exact same way with all the characters and all the weapons and I'm like I I have six hours and I that's not true (laughs) I put in a very small amount of time and I got one weapon and it completely changed the way that I was playing I I don't know Like I said, I don't think it's going to score well on Metacritic, and I don't think it's going to do well on Steam. But I think it has a commercial chance with the casual console players. That's where that's where it has a chance to live. Um, so, yo, Prowl, thank you so much for bringing your viewers over. Appreciate that, my friend. He pokes his head in chat. I'll click on him and tell you what he's been doing over there. I think he's been ex- I think he's been experimenting with different types of content recently. None of these have had enough time with the, with the game. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing Destiny folks say that they're having a good time with it. I think the looters I think the looter the live service looters are gonna dig it. Prowl raid. Thank you everybody coming over from the Prowl Raid. There's Prowl right there. Hang on, I clicked on the wrong thing. Go check out his channel. Let's see what the, let's see what the man's been doing. Right? He's been doing got uh he's got Minecraft. He's doing some Minecraft stuff. How to mod Minecraft. He's got the best honey farm in Minecraft, Minecraft Bedrock tutorial. Uh he's got some Minecraft Bedrock tutorials about a month ago as well. So if you're looking for Minecraft content over there, you can go to Prowl eight four one three. That's the that's the name on the platform. There he is in chat, make sure you call me a casual. No, make sure and give him some love, guys. We appreciate folks bringing their audiences over. Also, did you see my question? See my last message. You gonna finish it before finishing T loot? I don't freaking know. I I don't know, Trill. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. Madam's not vibing with it, which makes th- that'll make it difficult. I'll have to play solo, which wasn't what I was hoping for. I think the chaos, the, it's and this is and this is one thing. My wife's not a casual. There's like there's like hardcore players. There's casuals, and then like she's like way down here. Like she'll. She played Hogwarts like crazy, but generally she doesn't she doesn't play games like that. And she just isn't fun. She's not vibing with it. I think it's just too complex. There's just too much going on. It's we don't think it's that complex, which I think is exactly why people are overstating how it's boring or simplistic or repetitive. 
It's like, try teaching somebody who really doesn't play games all that much how to chain together their jumps and their attacks and counter shot and shield replenish. Like, try and teach all that to somebody who doesn't really play games all that often. There is a lot going on. There's a lot of depth. And I think what happens is you have all these people like way up here that are just, they are super adept gamers. You know, they've, they've played Elden Ring and they, they know how to get the most magic DPS out of a magic build. And they go to a game like that and they're like, this is trash, this is so simple and r- ridiculous. And it's like the average gamer is not going to pick it up and think that. So... The movement does have a high skill ceiling when you incorporate all the combat depth. Yeah, it really does. And so she's just not vibing with it. So I'm going to have to play it. Prob- probably have to play it by myself. I told her we'd have to play a little bit tonight. Like I wanted to kind of like warm back up to the systems. So that when we play tomorrow night, it's not like a total disaster. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing live service looter people vibe with it. And you have to know there's a lot of those people out there. There's a lot of Destiny fans looking for something to play right now. A lot of Division fans looking for something to play right now. So. Upper pointed out stuff with the lore has changed. One of the reasons he didn't like the game. Right. And I again think that people are free to have that be a deal breaker for them. But the general gaming public isn't going to care. They're just not. They're going to see Harley Quinn and a shark and the Joker and, you know, yeah, Astacross was liking it. Who does she like to play? Uh, Boomerang. His movement, I think, is the simplest. Because you just point where you want to go and hold down the button and he, he teleports. For the most part. Space Marine 2 hits in September, going to be a great one. I'm not convinced that game is going to be all that that smooth. I'm worried about the optimization. It seems like, I don't know. Performance is my biggest concern with Space Marine 2. Yeah, I like King Shark. I feel like his movement's the most intuitive. I feel like I'm the Hulk. I'm just like flying around, you know. Yeah, I like King Shark, but I mean, I I actually got a little jealous watching my wife play as Boomerang because she was like accidentally juggling people, and I like that his melee can be done from a distance. That's really helpful at times. Yeah, Harley's my least favorite. She's super slow, but there are people that are really vibing with her and digging her, but uh, not me. I haven't been here. Thoughts on Rise of the Ronin after the new trailer? I was pretty in the middle on it. I think it's going to appeal to people that like those kind of games. The combat looks fast and intense and like there's layers because there's also guns. But I think people who bought a PlayStation 5 and have seen games like the Ghost of Tsushima's Director's Cut or they've played the Demon Souls remake 
or they played Ragnarok, I think they're going to look at it with a raised eyebrow because it definitely doesn't look like a next-gen game. Uh, looks a little janky, looks a little dated, but I don't think that's necessarily a problem because I believe the target audience of that game will like it. So, finish The Last of Us 2 remake, you won't regret it. Oh, no, I plan to. I plan to. I just don't know when I'm going to make time for it all. It's going to be very difficult. There's so many games coming out, you know? Horse riding looked bad. Ronan looked very choppy, says Donnie. I was mid on it before. Nothing really changed that. Arguably worse, actually. I think if you speak Team Ninja's language, it looks great. Like, if you've played Neo, uh, if you liked Wolong, you know, if you vibe with their games, I think you watch that trailer and you're like, you know, that looks sick. For the rest of us, it's almost like we don't really have the decoder ring, so we look at it and we're like, I don't really get it. It looks a little dated, it looks a little janky, the animations are a little funky, you know, combat looks kind of fast and crazy, but there's a lot of games like that. You know, there's Wukong coming out with, you know, fast, you know, Souls-like combat, and it looks really good. It looks amazing, you know. I think it's more in the Sekiro Elden Ring vein of like art style and that'll probably be fine for the people that like games like that. So. Run look better this time but the graphics aren't great at all. I'm still intrigued because I love samurai games. Friendly Fire was a major component of Helldivers 1. Looks to be an always on with Helldivers 2. What do you think of this mechanic in a PvE environment? I'll be honest, um, friendly fire always being on, I've, I always feel like it gets old really, really fast because if you match, if you match make, (laughs) it's just really easy for somebody to be trollish. You know, it's really easy for somebody to like, they keep calling in the ordinance and you're not ready or they don't say anything. I, I don't know. You worried about you and Hilly? I think it's funny for a very small amount of time. That's what I think. I think Friendly Fire, it's funny for about 45 minutes. And then it's not funny anymore. You know, your second or third night playing, are you still going to be laughing when your buddy accidentally blows you up? Like, the humor value and the entertainment value... This is just my opinion. I, I think it wears thin really fast. Yeah, especially in a matchmaking environment. With friends, okay. But even with friends, I feel like after a couple hours, dude, I'm, I'm not going to want somebody blowing me away by accident. That just gets irritating. I need another way of the samurai that plays like a Sekiro ghost hybrid. I I would love that. Oh my gosh. Sekiro and Tsushima are like two of my favorite games. I won't troll. I'm just bad. It's almost worse, Hilly, if it's not trolling. If it's just the result of somebody being bad, it's almost worse. You know? It's like, come on, bro. Quit. (laughs) Uh. Rise of the Ronin looked good, but Final Fantasy VII is a day one for me. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm interested in it, but I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident it just, it's, not, it's not my cup of tea, and I think that that's okay. 
Let me check on something very, very quickly. Alright, guys, listen to me now. Listen to me. Creature, you forgot to update ReforgeRoast.com. So today is the last day that you can order the Frickmas blend. We might, we might even give you to the end of the week. That includes, you know, tomorrow and Saturday. When we get back next week on Monday, the Frickmas blend will no longer be available at ReforgeRoast.com. So, if you're wanting to bag yourself a bag of this, you better hurry up. All right? You better hurry up. We'll, we'll give you till next week, but we are uh, we're making that no longer available. It was a limited, limited time holiday run. You're killing it Friday. Yeah, you kill it Friday night. Yeah, kill it Friday night. That's fine. Or or Sunday. That either way, we, we I want to come back Monday and have it be gone. Tom Henderson says, I've not heard this yet, but my two cents here is that given the increasing popularity of the handheld market as of late, this is probably one of the best educated guesses that you can make in terms of PlayStation tech. I bet Xbox is looking into it too. Jez says they are. About the Sony new PlayStation handheld? Tommy Hendy says, you've done it now. YouTube's going to be rammed with supposed leaked info into the next week or two. A week, week or two. Oh, Hogwarts got uh, uh, nominated for Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction and Outstanding Technical Achievement at the DICE Awards. I, I really thought they deserved Art Direction nomination at the Game Awards. I, I was kind of bummed they didn't get that for the for what they did with the castle and the grounds and the school. I thought it was very, very impressive. Joke's on you. I still have my white bag. All right, let me uh, let me quickly schedule this gameplay stream. We're gonna check out this. I don't know how long it is. Does anybody know how long this Silent Hill experience is? Is it like an hour? Uh, we're gonna check it out. Let me get it scheduled. We need eight more members to get to fifty. I'll owe you guys five more members if you can do that, and then we will be at twenty-eight hundred members. Uh, we'll be a, a nice even two hundred away from three thousand, which is insane. Uh, let me grab my no. Schedule. All right. Okay. We're just going to have to put ourselves in Silent Hill 2. They don't have a Silent Hill, the short message game listed on YouTube just yet. Okay, put that there. Put that there.
Kuda Papa with a five spot. I do play a lot of Final fi uh A lot of FF always on games. I teach aim control and lines of fire to people. People just need to learn how to not step in the way. Oh, I'm not talking about just that, though. Have you seen in in, in Helldivers? Oh, you friendly fire. I got it. Um... It's the ordinance. There's so much explosions and ordnance you can call in from the sky. Yeah, it's not just like, hey, you walked in front of me. It's, yeah, like I said, it's a casual game, right? Nobody wants to take, and I and I mean this with love in my heart, Akuta Papa. Nobody's interested in taking a class with you or a training session with you on on aim control and lines of fire. It's a super casual game. It's like you know we're we're going to be we're going to be doing a doing a, a a play session with the boys a romp around you know knock around you know let's have a knock around game right well if that's the case do you do you really want to deal with that like oops a daisy you know my friend keeps blowing you know looks 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 blowing, blowing up, right? A friend keeps blowing me up or whatever. It's like, I don't know. Does that really flow with the vibe of like a super casual game? Like, I get what you're saying, Akuta Papa. In like a game where you're thinking about like, like lines of sight and aim control and being tactical. Like Helldivers 2 just doesn't seem like that kind of game. Like we're shooting aliens and blowing stuff up. Which is why communicating will be key. But when you watch the Helldivers 2 trailers, is that what you're really thinking about? Like, on your left, on your right, there's aliens. Move. Okay, I'm on the right flank. Okay, I'm dropping a bomb. Like, I don't feel like it's going to be like this super sweaty, like hyper-focused, you know, constantly on the comms. I don't know. I, I'm not saying that it's going to be bad. I'm just saying in my experience, friendly fire is generally funny for a little bit. And then it's just not funny anymore. It's like, all right, ha ha ha. Can we, you know, can we move on? So yeah, it's not like a super tactical military sim. Like they don't take themselves very serious. It's very starship troopers. It's very, you know, you know, knock around on a Friday night with the boys. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It looks like a tactical shooter. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think it looks like a tactical shooter at all. It looks like a super goofy game where you're, you know, you just run around shooting. I'm hard pushing back on Lono's interpretation about supplementing. Really? Were you watching the you watching the very beginning of the stream? Supplementing insinuates, you know, vacancies or a lack of games. I don't think that that's true. They announced nine console exclusives. I I don't see any need for supplementing. I. Look like a great. It looks like a great lineup to me. I had somebody in my chat this morning like, "Well, if Xbox would have done a showcase like that, you'd be criticizing them." I'm like, "No, I wouldn't." Forty-five minutes, 
nine console exclusives, I'd have been like, yo, they're bringing, they're bringing the heat. Let's assume none of these second party titles were announced or made. Let's assume all PS5 games are either first or third. So let's assume a fake reality to make your point. We also assume that my hair is made out of chocolate and I own a pony that, you know, craps out meatloaf for dinner. Like, what are we doing? Why are we creating a false reality to make your point? You would likely say great games. Wish we had more. So if like, like I said in my show open, if you completely ignore all of the games that they announced that are console exclusives, Sure, yeah, it would be a bad showcase, but you're having to create a false reality to make your point. Can I can I do the same thing? Well, if none of the games at the developer direct were coming out and Phil Spencer walked out, smacked a child and said, "We're no longer making video games." I'd that'd be pretty disappointing. What are you talking about? You're not that's you're not making a point. You're creating a false reality. If they're filling out the cadence, then that immediately also implies that the cadence needs to be fuller. The cadence needs to be fuller? Helldivers 2, Stellar Blade, Foam Stars, Rise of the Ronin, Silent Hill 2 Remake, Silent Hill Shadow Drop Game, Until Dawn Remake, Death Stranding 2, and a new Kojima game. And a partridge in a pear tree. What do you mean? That's plenty of games. Lono bristled at the word, but that was only his negative interpretation of what was being said. No, I didn't bristle at the word. The word betrayed a presumption. Words communicate so much more than just their face value meaning. Words communicate presuppositions and beliefs. And I knew when Jake said what he said, he was communicating a presumption about, yeah, PlayStation's just not delivering enough games. They've got to supplement. What do you mean supplement? These are exclusives. These are partnerships. We've always focused on exclusives up to now. Now, all of a sudden, it's, oh, they're supplementing. Yeah, it's not a first-party studio. Who cares? Do you want to play Helldivers 2? Do you want to play Stellar Blade? Do you want to play Foam Stars? Do you want to play Rise of the Ronin? Do you want to play those games? You need a PlayStation. Now, you could play Helldivers 2 on PC, but not the rest. It's not bad that they're supplementing. It's good. They're making all these great first-party games and saying, dang, we want to make even more great games, but our studios are booked. I just, I don't, I don't see it that way. P. Dudley with the gifted membership. Thank you so much. I don't see it that way. I see it as a balanced approach. Instead of having to buy a bunch of companies, they establish healthy partnerships so that their platform has winsome games, a winsome offering. It's not supplementing. Supplementing is like, well, shoot. It's like what Phil Spencer did in 2022. It's like, well, shoot. We don't have anything. Go out and start spending money. Get some Game Pass games. We need something to say. And what they do? They walked out in 2022 and they said, these are the games coming out in the next 12 months. And half of them didn't make it. They are supplementing. They want to add to their cadence. Sony themselves are acknowledging that they want more games. So that's supplementing straight up by definition. No. 
supplementing as he was using it, as he used it, right? In context, he was using it as if it was filling in missing gaps. The way that Jake used it was not, oh, they're wanting more. They're wanting to add on. He was using it as if there were vacancies and there were gaps. That's the way that he used it. He was using it as if there's not enough first party coming out, so they're supplementing. They're filling in these gaps with these non-first party games. You're completely taking it now and using it in a way that Jake didn't use it. So you're ripping the argument out of context, restructuring the usage of the word, and being like, well, you bristled at the word, but this is what the word means. No, the word's meaning is defined by the context in which it is used, and that's not how he used it. I knew exactly what Jake was saying when he said what he said. It's not the first time. It's not the first time that somebody comes in that bleeds green, tries to like you know, slant what's going on. It's like, come on, it's, it's nine console exclusives. There's no supplementing going on. What do you mean supplementing? We, If, you, if you'd have walked out with Xbox and like, here's nine console exclusives, no, been, no one would have said supplementing. We'd have been like, oh, holy cow, Xbox spent some money. They secured some contracts. They got some games coming. No, that would have been shocking in light of how few console exclusives they've had lately. The way he used supplementing implied that there was something lacking. It's not like a vitamin supplement or something that you're like adding to your diet to give you, to give you more of, of something. It, that's not how he used it. Don't forget Pacific Driver and Ultros. That's right. Those are, you know, smaller, lesser known titles. Like, you have to think about the origin of it, right? Supplemented, supplementing supplements. It's to add or serve as a supplement. Okay? Alright? What what supplement, right? He does odd jobs to supplement his income. Now, why would someone do odd jobs to supplement their income? Why? Most often, you're going to do odd jobs to supplement your income because you're not making enough. The most common usage of hearing somebody saying that, like, yeah, I pick up odd jobs around town to supplement my income. Why would he say that? He's not making enough money. So in the context of Jake saying what he was saying, I knew exactly what he was implying. He's implying, oh, they're supplementing. Again, you're passively creating this narrative that it's the PlayStation has no games. It's the where's the first party. I knew exactly what he meant. It's not about the, like... You can use that word to mean adding on to what we already have to like increase the value. That's not how it was being used. It's a PlayStation, a device on which I choose to play third-party bangers and single-player first-party experiences. It's simple. And and more than that, what about console exclusives? 
What do supplements do? They remedy deficiency. Yeah, a lot of times somebody's going to put a supplement in their diet, like a vitamin, because they have a deficiency, right? If you have an iron deficiency, what does your doctor tell you to do? You take an iron supplement. If, if you're going to try to get into the boxing ring of like breaking down language and usage of a word and all of that, I, man, you got you to gotta really gotta come a little bit better prepared. I just commonly, almost every time that word is used, the, the, the most common usage is that you are, rep, you are making up for a lack of something. It can be done to give you more, right? Maybe your energy levels are fine, but you take a B12 supplement because you want a little bit more energy. Sure, but most commonly, somebody's going to take that supplement to make up for the deficiency in their energy. They, I don't, I'm not getting a B12. I'm really low on my energy. It's a good thing that they're supplementing with great second-party games. See, but not, you're not engaging with any of the points that I just made and the examples I gave of how it's commonly used with supplementing income or vitamins or what Creature has said to remedy a deficiency. You're simply restating your assertion. You've not made an argument. You have simply asserted they are and it's good. The word is not commonly used that way. And again, you're not interacting with this either. And, and now I'm done with you because you've just simply restated your position instead of having any rebuttals. I interacted with Jake And when Jake used it, that's what he was implying. There's a deficiency. There's a lack of something. And they're supplementing with these titles. That's not what's happening. Why why are they publishing second-party games? What do you mean, why are they publishing? That, That question is simple. They seek out relationships to deliver product to the consumer. That's what they do. The same reason anybody does. The same reason Xbox secured contracts and exclusivity contracts. That's what they do. They seek out good opportunities through market research, through what their target market is, through what they think their consumers are going to respond to. They're not like, we better supplement. It's like, no. We see titles. We see projects. We have relationships with these companies. Let's, let's, let's Let's grab these products. It's cheaper than buying them. Yeah, as a market strategy, we all know that we're in a content war. What's a better, more risk-averse option? Buying the whole company or saying, that's a great piece of property. Our, Our consumer base would like it. Let's work a deal with them. Again, that's not implying that they're supplementing. It just creates, it's just this immediate... I, I can sense it. I can smell it. I'm like, you're creating a negative connotation that they're lacking, and because they're lacking, they have to supplement and do this. If we grant your point, then Microsoft bought a Hummer. You want to talk about compensating. You want to talk about supplementing. They bought a Hummer. Okay? And we all know what that means. I just the, the the constant insistence that like 
just a constant insistence. There's no roadmap. PlayStation has no games. And then what do they do? They walk out and announce nine console exclusives. And people got to be like, yes, but you see, if you look at the fine print, they don't actually own the studios. So, <laughs> we're, we're still winning because we don't play games. We, we, we track points on Twitter. Like, that's what's going on. If you loved games and you played games and you prioritize going where games are, it's a clear quantity advantage right now to one side. But you want to read the fine print and be like, well, but if you actually go to Google, according to Wikipedia, the actual studios not owned by PlayStation, does does that have any bearing on the game? Does that have any bearing on where you can play it? Or is that just some weird copium body pillow you can snuggle at night to be like, well, <laughs> they've got more games, but they're not first party. Freaking crazy town. It doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't even make any sense. The average consumer, the average gamer doesn't care about any of this. Like I said, it's the death rattle of a console war. It's over. It's done. And it's some weird attempt at like we got to score points somehow. <laughs> we got we, we got to score points somehow. And I got to tell you, if that's the only way you score points for your side, I, I genuinely feel bad for you. If you got to run to the financials and be like, well, they don't own the studio, though. Okay, I'm playing the game. What difference does it make? When I'm playing, you know, Stellar Blade or Helldivers or Foam Stars or Final Fantasy VII Rebirth or any of me, any gamer playing any of those games. Does anybody playing that game be like, well, you know. This would be a whole lot better if they own the studio. It took me a while, but I'm understanding your hard stance. I think you're being a tad rigid, but I understand it for sure. I'm just... I'm always on guard for somebody wanting to slip in some passive concession, like, yeah, he just conceded. He just conceded they're supplementing. They don't have enough games. And it's like, no. I've... I've been doing this for too long. Like, I immediately sniff out, especially people who have a history of, like, being overly critical of Sony and, like, over-defensive of Xbox. When somebody comes to the table and that's their history, and I know that's their brand allegiance, and they say something like that, I immediately know what's going on. I'm like, yeah, come on, dude. It's, it's why, how long did it take? Did anybody get out of stopwatch? Where was the first party? Got it. Got it. Nine seconds after the state of play was over, all of the talking heads were like, yeah, but yeah, but, but where was where was the first first part? Where was the first? I thought we had Kojima. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. It took like nine seconds for that's the talking point. 43 minutes of man a lot of great games coming a lot of great games for playstation coming and it's like 
Well, this is our only play. This is our only play. I know what you're trying to avoid, but I'm a PS5 gamer through and through. Love the console, love the games. Again, Rabbit, I think the problem is you tried to use supplementing in a good way. When I pushed back on it, it wasn't being used in a good way. Right? Like, someone can be like, man, that, that guy's as blind as a bat. And you can be like, he could just be talking jokingly about his friend. Right? Somebody else could say it, and they could be being very unkind. It, it's, it, it's always a matter of, you know, usage and intention, you know? I just think it's okay to say, yeah, don't look at their first party lineup and say, heck yeah, let's do more. I think a lot of it's just really economic. It's just, re- it's just, it's just economic. I, I called it guerrilla warfare marketing. It's guerrilla warfare marketing because PlayStation, Sony, they have a fraction of, of, of spending power of what Microsoft can spend. A fraction. And I think they spend it very efficiently. Securing partnerships, AA titles, right? I think they spend it very efficiently. Securing all these, these games where they're either publishing it or marketing it, they make their platform look bigger than the company that's bigger than them. That's an impressive feat. And it's it's so David and Goliath that I like I can't believe people don't see it for what it is. It's just unbelievably. They are unbelievably outmatched. The the, the spending power of green versus blue, it's it's not even fa- it's not even a fair comparison. And the fact that Sony goes in and very effectively establishes like partnerships and alignments and exclusives for somebody to describe that as, yeah, they're supplementing. That's why I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Like that they've just very, very effectively fought a much larger company and and come out miles ahead. And Microsoft's power play was a, was a massive acquisition and now they have an insane amount of property but I don't think it's going the way the green guys thought it was going to go and I think that's one of the reasons they're becoming a little more uh, you know hot under the collar they're becoming a little more toxic and a little more nasty cat pushes us past 50 here at the end before we go to gameplay we've got to go to gameplay but now I owe you a little bit more let me roll that over. That's also Agent of Chaos. Cat, did you see that I finally put together the Millennium Falcon that you sent so long ago? Me and the kiddos put it together. It was a blast. It was an absolute blast. I am right now finishing the very last Lego set that you guys sent. The whole backlog is done, and they'll all end up on the Brick Abbey eventually. The, you know There are new sets still on the wish list if anybody wants to send more, but we finally got through the backlog, and they're all going to end up on the Brick Abbey. So thank you, Cat. I remember you're the one that sent the, uh, the Millennium Falcon. It's absurd what Sony was able to do. It shouldn't have been possible. I've said for a while now, I think Japanese culture and adherence to tradition is driving them to do what Nintendo started. 
it's a hundred percent a culture it's a hundred percent a cultural divide it is it's a very it's a very western mindset to to outspend right and an honor shame culture is gonna it's gonna met out much differently it is it's just gonna met out much differently and I think that you know Microsoft is as I said whenever the Activision Blizzard deal started they're taking the software approach they're gonna they're gonna buy as much software as they can and then they're gonna try to put it everywhere that they can and that's why the whole like bringing their first party games to other platforms thing it's why it's so upsetting people don't like that they really really don't like that idea because they thought they they thought they were they were getting you know a, a, a stronger you know foothold as a platform and it's just like no you'll get these games on game pass sure but that's that's not what this deal was ultimately about there's a five that I owe thank you Logan for bagging some uh, some frickmas and some dark roast as the Frickmas will not be available next week, if you guys want to make sure and stock up on some Frickmas before it's gone. There's the five that I owe you. We, we got to get out of here. We're now late to the gameplay stream. Um, hang on. We are going to be checking out this. Silent Hill, the short message. I will give you guys a link. I will also redirect you. Alright, let me give you guys a link here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and send a tweet too. People might be interested in this game since it just dropped. It is free, by the way. Ping that Discord. Anyone know how long this game is? Uh, Gameplay live. I heard it's pretty short. I might be able to get it done in one run. That's that's what I heard. Give me one second. Pushing out all of the alerts. Alright, that's where we're headed. The link's in chat. Over there's some cutscenes and dialogue so I can eat my lunch. <coughs> Uh, let's go here. Yeah, camera controls up, down, inverted. All right. Okay.
You guys can click the link in chat. That's where we're headed. I'm also going to click live on the new stream and redirect you. It'll also be the featured video on the uh, featured video on the channel. Thanks so much for checking out this video of the uh, Silent Hill, the short message gameplay, a free game downloadable on the PlayStation 5 to promote the new Silent Hill 2 remake that's on the way. They uh, they shadow drop this and announce this during the PlayStation State of Play 2024. And it is, again, it's totally free. I've heard it's short and that I might even be able to get through the entire thing in this play session. So we're going to see how that goes. We really appreciate you guys supporting gameplay on this channel. We are primarily a talk show. I already did my reaction to the state of play this morning. So if you want to check out my reaction to it, we got into a big discussion about does first party matter and all of that. So I'm going to end that previous stream and bring everybody over with the redirect. And then we're going to...